0: Hare Krishna! Welcome to this episode of Bhagavad Gita. Today's topic, we are continuing Bhagavad Gita Chapter 4, Text 13 on the Varnashram system, so from yesterday. So we're continuing it today as well. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Omagyanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yenātasmay Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanyamano Bhishtam Stapitam Yenabhūtale Lei Swayam Rupa Hakadam Ahyam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavam Shri Rupam Sagrajatam सहगन रगुनात आन्वितं तंस जीवं साद्वैतं सावधूतं परिजन सहितं कृष्ण चेतन्यदेवं श्री राधा कृष्ण हे कृष्ण करणासंधो दीन बंधो जगत्पते गोपेष गोपिका कांत राधा कांता तप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदा वनेश्वरी वृषभानु सुते देवी प्रणामी हरिप्रिये, प्रिये वांछा कल्पतरु भयस्चा कृपा सिंधु भये वच्चम पतितानाम् पावने भ्यो, भ्यो, नमो नमः नमः ओम विष्णु पादाय श्रीकृष्ण प्रेष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति Namaste Saraswati Devay Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaitha Gadadhar Shrivasadhi Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare Thank you very much for coming on. And today we will be continuing um, on the Chapter 4, Text 13 of Bhagavad Gita, Varnashram System. So we have read part of the purport yesterday and we have gone into some um, descriptions of the Varnashram System from the Bhagavatam. So today we will be continuing and today we will be reading from this Seventh Canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Chapters 11, 12 and also fourteen. So we will go through all these verses. Let's see if we can. <laughs> and actually, there are two more chapters in the eleventh canto, canto as well. So we will see how much we can do today. If not, if we can't finish today, then we will continue tomorrow. And then maybe we'll skip the AMA session for this week, and maybe next week. You know. Let's see how that goes. Okay, so. Srimad Bhagavatam, 7 canto, 11th chapter. The perfect society, 4 social classes. And the next one, 12th chapter is perfect society, 4 spiritual classes. So, the social classes are the Varna and the spiritual classes are the Ashramas. So, 7.11. Shri, uh, Shukadeva Goswami continued. After hearing from the act, about the activities of and character sorry, continued, after hearing about the activities and character of Prahlad Maharaj, which are adored and discussed among great personalities like Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva, Yudhishthir Maharaj, the most respectful king among exalted personalities, again inquired from the great sage, great saint Naradamuni in a mood of great pleasure. Maharaj Yudhishthir said, My dear lord, I wish to hear from you about the principles of religion by which one can attain the ultimate goal of life, devotional service. I wish to hear about the general occupations, of, sorry, I wish to hear about the general occupational duties of human society and the system of social and spiritual advancement known as Varnashram Dharma. So Yudhishthir Maharaj asked this question to Narad Muni that he wants to know about Varnashram Dharma. And he said, Oh, best of the Brahmanas, you are directly the son of Prajapati, Lord Brahma. Because of your austerities, mystic yoga, and trance, you are considered the best of all of Lord Brahma's sons. No one is superior to you in peaceful life and mercy, and no one knows better than you how to execute devotional service or how to become the best of the brahmanas. Therefore, you know all the principles of confidential religious life, and no one knows them better than you. So this is the way we must receive knowledge from the bona fide spiritual master, who knows everything about the principles of religion, and. In the Mahabharata also, it is said, So, um, the principles of religious life are carefully hidden in the heart of an unadulterated devotee of Krishna. Only he knows the real religious principles. Shri Naradmuni said, After first offering my obeisances unto Lord Krishna, the protector of the religious principles of all living entities, let me explain the principles of eternal religious system of which I have heard from the mouth of Narayana. So, uh, this is Naranarayan Rishi that he is referring to, who is still in Badrikashram. Actually, he is, he states that in the next verse. Uh, so, again, when Yudhishthira Maharaj asked this question to Naradmuni about Varnashram Dharma, Narad Muni in turn said that I will explain this to you as I have heard from my superior authority. So his Shiksha Guru Nara and Rishi, uh, his uh, Guru was Lord Brahma and also he heard instructions from Naranara and Rishi as well and that is what he is mentioning here. Lord Narayana along with his partial manifestation Nara appeared in this world through the daughter of Daksha Maharaj known as Murti. He was begotten by Dharma Maharaj for the benefit of all living entities. Even now, he is still engaged in executing great austerities near the place known as Badrikashram. Ashram. So even now, he is there. Naranara and Rishi, even Vyasadeva is there. But it is said that there are five Badris in Badrikashram and they are in the Uttara Badri which is not accessible to ordinary human beings and that's where they are situated uh, vyasadeva and nar <coughs> now next verse i want to actually go into the purport as well most of these verses we will read the purport as well because there is a lot of nice information there by prabhupada so 7.11.7 dharma mulam hi bhagavan sarva vedamayo harihi smritam chatad vidam rajan yena chatma prasidati The Supreme Being, the Personality of Godhead, is the essence of all Vedic knowledge, the root of all religious principles, and the memory of great authorities. O King Yudhishthira, this principle of religion is to be understood as evidence. On the basis of this religious principle, everything is satisfied, including one's mind, soul, and even body. So, you see, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the essence of all Vedic knowledge. He is the root of all religious principles, and the memory of great authorities. See here smritim, smritam chata tad vidam rajan, so that means the smriti literature also is very um, important because he is the memory of great authorities, O King Yudhishthira, this principle of religion is to be understood as evidence, so shruti, smriti, all these are evidence, uh, it's not that you know as some uh, mayavadis, they say that shruti is more important than smriti, no, that is not, that is not supported here. Hmm? Everything is important as long as it is from Krishna and His perfected devotees. On the basis of this religious principle, everything is satisfied, including one's mind, soul, and even one's body. So, purport As stated by Yamaraj, Dharmam Sakshat Bhagavat Pranitam 6.3.19, Yamaraj, the representative of the Lord who takes care of the living beings after their death, gives his verdict as to how and when the living being will change his body. He is the authority and he says that the religious principles consist of the codes and laws given by God. No one can manufacture religion and therefore manufactured religious systems are rejected by the followers of the Vedic principles. In Bhagavad Gita 15.15 it is said, Veda <coughs> vedya. Vedic knowledge means to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna. Therefore whether one speaks of the Vedas, scriptures, religion or the principles of everyone's occupational duty which is Varnashram Dharma, all of them must aim at understanding Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Srimad Bhagavatam 1.2.6 therefore concludes, parod, yato In other words, religious principles aim at learning how to render transcendental loving service to the Lord. That service must be unmotivated and unchecked by material conditions. Then human society will be happy in all respects. The Smriti, the scriptures following the principles of Vedic knowledge, are considered the evidence of Vedic principles. There are 20 different types of scripture, see that, for following religious principles, and among them, the scriptures of Manu and Yajnavalkya are considered to be all pervading authorities. So there is Manu Smriti and there is Yajnavalkya Smriti. So these two, among all the 20 different types of scriptures, are considered chief for you know for human society, all pervading authorities. In the Yajnavalkya Smriti, Yajnavalkya is one of the sages, you know, very great authority, authoritative sage. In the Yajnavalkya Smriti it is said, Shruti Smriti Sadachara Swascha Atmanaha Samyak Sankalpajah Kamo Dharma Moolam Idam Smritam One should learn human behavior from Shruti, the Vedas, and from Smriti, the scriptures following the Vedic principles. Srila Rupa Goswami in his Bhaktira Samrita Sandhu says, The purport is that, to become a devotee, one must follow the principles laid down in Shruti and Smriti. One must follow the codes of the Puranas and the Pancharatriki Vidhi. One cannot be a pure devotee without following the Shruti and Smriti. And the Shruti and Smriti without devotional service cannot lead one to the perfection of life. Therefore, from all the evidence, the conclusion is that without Bhakti, the devotional service, there is no question of religious principles. God is a central figure in the performance of religious principles. Almost everything going on in this world as religion is devoid of any idea of devotional service and is therefore condemned by the verdict of Srimad Bhagavatam. Without devotional service, so-called religious principles are only cheating. Next verse. This is, uh, actually, how many verses here? Five verses here. Satyam daya tapahshavcham dhitiksheksha Shamo dhamahahim sabrahma chariyamcha Tyaga swadhyaya arjavam Santoshah samadrikseva Gramye ho Niranam Nirnām Heksha Maunam atmavimarshanam Anna dhyadeh Sam vibhago ghute blascharatharhataha Tesvat Madeva Tabudhi Sutaram Nar Supandava Shravanam Kirtanamchastyas Smaranam Mahatam Gateham Seva Jan Dasyam Sakyam Atmasamarpanam Samarpanam. This is very similar to Pralad Maharaj's nine processes of devotional service. Niranam Ayam Parodharma Sarvesham Samudah Ritaha Trimshal Laksh Lakshana, Vanrajan, Sarvatma, Yena, See, this is very important. These are the general principles. Now, we are talking about varnashram system, right? So, first he is telling the things that everyone should follow, of all Varnas and all Ashramas. These are the things. These are the general principles to be followed by all human beings. Truthfulness, mercy, austerity, which means observing fast on certain days of the month especially for us. Of course, there are many, many, you know, uh, very severe austerities. But for us, we should follow the austerities prescribed by the spiritual master. For us, it is like Ekadasi fasting and um, festival fasting and like that. So, truthfulness, mercy, austerity, observing fast on certain days of the month, bathing twice a day, tolerance, discrimination between right and wrong, Control of the mind, control of the senses, non-violence, celibacy, charity, reading of scripture, simplicity, satisfaction, rendering service to saintly persons, gradually taking leave of unnecessary engagements, observing the futility of the unnecessary activities of human society, remaining silent and grave and avoiding unnecessary talk, considering whether one is the body or the soul, distributing food equally to all living entities, both men and animals, Seeing every soul, especially in the human form, as a part of the Supreme Lord. Hearing about the activities and instructions given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the shelter of all saintly persons. Chanting about these activities and instructions. <clears throat> Always remembering these activities and instructions. Trying to render service. Performing worship. Offering obeisances. Becoming a servant. Becoming a friend. And surrendering one's whole self. O King Yudhishthiram, these 30 qualifications must be acquired in the human form of life. Simply by acquiring these qualifications, one can satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. See, these things we must acquire for every human being. See, Shravanam Kirtanam chasa. So, this is all the devotee qualifications. So, all the good qualities will be there available in a person who is devotee. All these 30 qualities, good qualities will automatically develop if we engage in Krishna's service in the nine processes that are mentioned here. So next one 7, 1, 13. Samsara Yatra Vichana Sadvi Jojo Jagadhayam Iadhyana Vihitani Dvijanmanam Janma Vadatanam Kriyas those who have been reformed by the Garbhadhan ceremony and other prescribed reformatory methods performed with Vedic mantras and without interruption and who have been approved by Lord Brahma are dvijas or twice born. So first, actually, by the Vedic principle, there has to be Garbhadhan samskar. That means, um, before even conception, the, the husband and wife they take permission from the Guru and blessings of the Vaishnavas and then engage. Um, in sexual union for getting a good child. So there is a Garbhadhan samskara. So, <clears throat> so those who have been reformed by Garbhadhan and other wa- prescribed reformatory methods. So there are Dasaveda samskar, 10 kinds of samskara. So all these have to be followed actually by right, which is now totally forgotten in human society. Next um, and other prescribed reformatory methods performed with Vedic mantras and without interruption and who have been approved by Lord Brahma are dvijas or twice-born. Such brahmanas, kshatriyas and vaishyas, purified by their family traditions and by their behavior, should worship the Lord, study the Vedas and give charity. In this system, they should follow the principles of the four ashramas, brahmacharya, grihastha, vanaprasthana, Sanyas. So one of the tense reformatory methods is the initiation. And that is the most important reformatory method. First, there is garbhadhan samskar and then there is simanta samskar in the seventh month of the pregnancy of the mother and Then when after one is born then uh, there is the jata samskar hmm? uh, then there is um, namkaran that means the name giving ceremony then there is um, what is that uh, what is that um, aksharabhyas which is where he starts to you know learn and then there is the upanayan ceremony Upanayan ceremony is when he actually goes to the gurukul under the guidance of guru he he becomes a twice born. He is admitted into the spiritual gurukul under the guidance of Guru. So that Diksha, when one takes shelter of a spiritual master, that is actually the most important. And then there is Vivahasamskar, marriage. And then there is you know sannyas, vanaprastha sannyas and so many, you know, like that. And final thing is the funeral rites and then there is Shraddha ceremony after that. So these are all purificatory methods in human life. So these have to be followed actually. In the Varnashram system, but now the Varnashram system is totally almost non existent in its pure form. <clears throat> See, purport. After giving a general list of 30 qualifications for one's behavior, Narad Muni now describes the principles of the 4 Varnas and 4 Ashramas. A human being must be trained in the above mentioned 30 qualities, otherwise, he is not even a human being. Then, among such qualified persons, the Varnashram process should be introduced. In the Varnashram system, the first ceremony for purification is Garbadhana, which is performed with mantras at the the time of sex for propagating a good child. One who uses sex life not for sensual pleasures, but only to beget children according to the reformatory method, is also accepted as a Brahmachari. See, if one does, even one goes into Grihastha Ashram, but if he follows this principle of using sex life for begetting children, then he is also called a Brahmachari. One should not waste semen on sensual pleasure, violating the principles of Vedic life. Restraint in sex is possible, however, only when the populace is trained in the above-mentioned 30 qualities. Otherwise, it is not possible. Even if one is born in a family of dvijas or twice-born, if he has not followed the reformatory process, he is called a dvijabandhu, not of the twice-born, but a friend of the twice-born. The whole purpose of the system is to create good population. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, when women are polluted polluted the populace is Varna Sankara and when the Varna Sankara population increases the situation of the entire world becomes hellish therefore all the Vedic literature strongly warn against creating Varna Sankara population when there is Varna Sankara population the people cannot properly cannot be properly controlled for peace and prosperity regardless of great legislative assemblies parliaments and similar bodies which is exactly what's happening today Uh, Varna Sankara population the women and men are not trained in spiritual life and the whole thing is in disarray, and they have these legislative assemblies, parliaments, and bodies of, and then there will be, I do behavior which is completely against human life, and that is so rampant today. So next, viprasya dhyana dini shadanyasya pratigraha ragyo vrittihe prajagoptur avipradva karadbhin. Now. Now here starts, actually, what is to be duties of all the four Varanas. For a Brahmana, there are six occupational duties. A Kshatriya should not accept charity, but he may perform the other five of these duties. A king or Kshatriya is not allowed to levy taxes on Brahmanas, but he may make his livelihood by levying minimal taxes, customs duties, and penalty fines upon his other subjects. Purport. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur explains the position of Brahmanas and Kshatriyas as follows. Brahmanas have six occupational duties of which three are compulsory. Namely, studying the Vedas, worshipping the deity, and giving charity. By teaching, by inducing others to worship the deity, and by accepting gifts, the Brahmanas receive the necessaries of life. So the three things that are compulsory is studying the Vedas, worshipping the deity, and giving charity. Now, the other three, by teaching, by inducing others To worship the deity, and by accepting gifts, the Brahmanas receive the necessities of life. This is also confirmed in the Manusamhita. Of the six occupational duties of the Brahmanas, three are compulsory, namely worship of the deity, study of the Vedas, and giving of charity. In exchange, a Brahmana should receive charity, and this should be his means of livelihood. A Brahmana cannot take up any professional occupational duty for his livelihood. The Shastras especially stress that if one claims to be a Brahmana, he cannot engage in the service of anyone else, otherwise he at once falls from his position and becomes a Shudra. Srila Rupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami belong to a very respectful, respectful family, but because they engaged in the service of Nawab Hussein Shah, not even as ordinary clerks but as ministers, they were ostracized from Brahminical society. Indeed, they became like Mohammedans and even changed their names. Unless a Brahmana is very pure, he cannot accept charity from others. Charity should be given to those who are pure. Even if one is born in a family of Brahmanas, if one acts as a Shudra, one cannot accept charity, for this is strictly prohibited. Although the Kshatriyas are almost as qualified as the Brahmanas, even they cannot accept charity. This is strictly prohibited in this verse by the word Apratigraha. What to speak of the lower social orders, even the Kshatriyas must not accept charity. Now, there is, is it is a uh, trend nowadays that you will give charity to the poor. You know, money especially. And uh, you know all this opening of schools and all that. This is actually never there in the Vedic thing, Vedic civilization. The proper way is qualified Brahmanas should accept charity and they must distribute as we have discussed yesterday. Uh, they have to distribute as beneficial services and prasadam for the society. That is is the proper way to do it. The king or government may levy taxes upon the citizens in various ways by revenue duties, customs duties, realization of fines and so on, provided the king is able to give full protection to his subjects to assure the security of their life and property. Unless he is able to give protection, he cannot levy taxes. However, a king must not levy any tax upon the brahmanas and the vaishnavas fully engaged in krishna consciousness this is for the kshatriyas you know unless he is giving full protection to the, his subjects to assure the security of their life and property he cannot levy taxes hmm. he should protect them not only materially but also spiritually construct temples you know or arrange organize that the you know, brahmanas can come and you know talk about krishna and then you know like that he has to make sure spiritually and materially everybody is protected that is a kshatriyas duty because Shastra, in the Shastra there are so many rules. But then, somebody has to be there to police those rules. That is the Kshatriya. If somebody, if if they don't follow the rules, the population will go into unnecessary uh, misdirection. So, somebody has to make sure that those rules are followed by society. Like, you can have a constitution, but if you don't have the police and the, and the justice department, then what is the use of the constitution, right? So, like that, the, the Brahmanas, they actually disseminate the knowledge of Shastra and then the Kshatriyas make sure that everybody is given facility to get this knowledge that is spiritual protection and material protection of course their life anything anything that happens whether a thief or whatever or even other um, kingdoms other king may attack in they the Kshatriyas must save them must protect the people from material and spiritual um, uh, what is that calamity 7 11 15 Vaishas tovartha vrittisyan, nityam brahmakula nugaha, shudras yadvija sushrusha, vrittischa swamino bhavet. Okay. So this is Brahmana 13, 14 was kshatriya. Vaisha, now you see Vaisha. Vaishas tovartha vrittisya. Translation, the mercantile the mercantile community should always follow the directions of the brahmanas and engage in such occupational duties as agriculture, trade and protection of cows. For the shudras, the only duty is to accept a master from a higher social order and, and engage in his service. So Bra, Bhagavad Gita also says, karma So the one activity of a shudra is to be employed by others. Next, Varta Vichitra Shalina Yayavara Shilonchanam Vipravrittis Chaturdeyam Shreyasi Chotarotara Now, as an alternative, a Brahmana may also take to the vaishya's occupational duty of agriculture, cow protection or trade. He may depend on that which he has received without begging. He may beg in the paddy field every day. He may collect paddy... left in a field by its proprietor. So, you see four things. He may depend... First thing, the brahmana may take to the vicious occupational duty of agriculture, cow protection and trade. Second, he may depend on that which he has received without begging. Whatever people give of their own accord, he may live of that. Then the next, he may beg in the paddy field every day. Hmm? He may collect paddy in, the, in a field... Uh, Sorry, Paddy left in the field by its proprietor. Begging is one thing. Next is, um, if Paddy is without begging, he goes there and then whatever is left, whatever is fallen down on the ground, he may pick up those. And like that he may uh, take. Or he may collect food grains left here and there in the shops of grain dealers. These are four means of livelihood that may also be adopted by brahmanas. Among these four, each of them in succession is better than the one preceding it means the whole point is to depend on the lord for the protection so not working for it but whatever is left off by the you know people uh, those grains collect them and then use them or even vegetables like that those which are not sold or something like that uh, take them and use so like that a brahmana is sometimes offered land and cows in charity and thus for his livelihood he may act in the same way as a vaishya by cultivating land giving protection to cows and trading off his surpluses. A better process, however, is to pick up grains from a field or from a dealer's shop without begging. Translation Except in a time of emergency, lower persons should not accept the occupational duties of those who are higher. When, when there is a, such an emergency, of course, everyone but the Kshatriya may accept the means of livelihood of others. <clears throat> so what what to do in an emergency is also stated. So actually, everything is there in our Shastra. How to live, how to organize a civilization. All nice instructions are there here. So purport, the occupational duty of a Brahmana should not be accepted by persons in lower social orders, especially Vaishyas and Shudras. For example, an occupational duty of the Brahmana is to teach Vedic knowledge, but unless there is an emergency, this professional duty should not be accepted by the Kshatriyas, Vaishyas or Shudras. Even a Kshatriya cannot accept the duties of a Brahmana unless there is an emergency and then even if he does so, he should not accept charity from anyone else. Sometimes Brahmanas protest against our Krishna Consciousness movement for creating Brahmanas from Europeans or in other words from Lechas and Yavanas. This movement, however, is here supported in Srimad Bhagavatam. At the present moment, society is in a chaotic condition and everyone has given up the cultivation of spiritual life, which is especially meant for the brahmanas. Because spiritual culture has been stopped all over the world, there is now an emergency. Therefore, it is now time to train those who are considered lower and condemned so that they may become brahmanas and take up the work of spiritual progress. So it is actually an emergency situation right now not just this covid 19 even otherwise even otherwise because when people are completely out of spiritual touch it is an emergency it is no more human civilization it is going way into the you know depths of abyss of uh, animal life so it is actually an emergency although although the leaders of the world may not realize it as an emergency they are considering now this covid 19 as an emergency but just take the reasons why this COVID-19 even came some meat eating and you know meat eating if it is not allowed then these things would not have been there so actually these are you know waiting to the point where it becomes completely unbearable now they consider this as an emergency but according to Vedas when there is decline in the religious practice it is already an emergency it is considered an emergency as Prabhupada said here Because spiritual culture has been stopped all over the world, there is now an emergency. And therefore it is now time to train those who are considered lower and condemned and so that they may become brahmanas um, and take up the work of spiritual progress. The spiritual progress of human society has been stopped and this should be considered an emergency. Here is solid support from Narad Muni of the movement known as Krishna Consciousness. Then um, 18-20 through ऋताम् ऋताभ्याम् जीवेतम् मृतेन प्रमृतेन वा सत्यानः ऋताभ्याम् अपिवा न श्वाव्रित्या कदाचनः ऋतम् उन्शशिलम् प्रोक्तम् अमृतम् यद् आयाचितम् मृतम् तनित्यायन् याचियात्स्यात् प्रमृतम् कर्षनम् स्मृतम् सत्यानः ऋतम् च वाणिज्यम् श्वाव्रित्तर्नीचसेवनम् वर्जयेताम् Vipro, jugup sitam, sarva vipra, sarva In time of emergency, one may accept any of the various types of professions known as Rita, Amrita, Mrita, Pramrita, and Satyanrita. But one should not at any time accept the profession of a dog. Dog means especially of the uh, Shudra, <coughs> which is service to others the profession of unchashila this is for the brahmanas the profession of unchashila collecting grains from the field is called ritha collecting without begging is called amrita begging grains is called Mrita. tilling the ground is called pramrita and trade is called satyanratha engaging in the service of low grade persons however is called shavritti the profession of the dogs service of low grade persons called Svavrithi, the profession of the dogs. Specifically, Brahmanas and Kshatriyas should not engage in the low and abominable service of sudras. Brahmanas should be well acquainted with all the Vedic knowledge and Kshatriyas should be well acquainted with the worship of the demigods. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, Chaturvanyam, Mayasrishtam, Gunakarma, Vibhagasraha, the four divisions of human society were created by the Supreme Lord according to the Three modes of material nature and the work ascribed to them. Formerly, the principle of dividing human society into four sections, Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra, was strictly followed, but because of gradual neglect of Varnashram principles, Varnasankara population developed and the entire institution has now been lost. In this age of Kali, practically everyone is a Shudra. Kalao Shudra sambhava, And finding anyone who is a Brahmana, Kshatriya or Vaishya is very difficult. Although the Krishna Consciousness movement is a movement of Brahmanas and Vaishnavas, it is trying to re-establish the Divine Varnashram Institution. For without this division of society, there cannot be peace and prosperity anywhere. So to bring back the original Varnashram system is a huge task, but at least to some extent we must bring back the structure. First, it of course requires uh, training of first-class people like Brahmanas and train them in spiritual knowledge first and then slowly slowly. Um, manifest this whole Varnashram system. <coughs> now here is the qualifications of Brahmana. The symptoms of a Brahmana are the control of the mind, control of the senses, austerity and penance, cleanliness, satisfaction, forgiveness, simplicity, knowledge, mercy, truthfulness and complete surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, this is very similar to the 1842 of Bhagavad Gita and 111716 of Srimad Bhagavatam that we saw yesterday. So, in the purport, in the institution of Varnashram Dharma, the symptoms of Brahmanakshatriya Vaishya and Shudra, Brahmachari, Grahastha, vanaprastha, and Sannyasi are all described. The ultimate aim is Achyutatmatvam. <coughs> you can see here the word Achyutatmatvam. <coughs> <coughs> Accepting oneself as an eternal servant of the Lord. See that? Uh, the ultimate aim is achutātmatvam. To think always of the supreme personality of God, Krishna or Vishnu. To make advancement in Krishna consciousness, one has to become a brāhmaṇa with the above-mentioned symptoms. Next. Shauryam, viryam, veeriam tejas tyagas chātma jaya kshama, brahman satyam Chakshatra to be influential in battle, unconquerable, patient, challenging and charitable, to control the bodily necessities, to be forgiving, to be attached to the brahminical brahmanical nature and to be always jolly and truthful, these are the symptoms of the Kshatriya. See, and you can see that, to be prasadha, jolliness in any condition of life. You can see in the life of the Pandavas, even though they were in the forest, you know, they were still it is not like they were, oh this is you know such a great calamity. Although it is it was a calamity, but they they went through that whole thing. Kshatriyas. It's not that because the Kshatriyas are used to royal opulence, they will not be able to live in the forest. No. The Pandavas lived in the forest for how many years? Fourteen years of exile. You know. That's a long duration of time. So they they lived like that. So they should be able to live, and even Ramachandra Bhagwan and Sita, they went to the forest. And so Sita, Sita Devi, and uh, Ramachandra Bhagwan, Lakshman, they went in one of us, fourteen years. <coughs> Next, Deva Gurvachchute Bhaktis Trivarga Pariposhanam Astikyam Uddhemo Nityam Naiponyamvai Shelakshanam naipunyam expertise nipuna means expert nipun means expert Shatkarma nipuno vipro he is expert in six activities brahmana naipunyam means expertise now you see being always devoted to the demigods the spiritual master and the supreme lord vishnu endeavoring for advancement in religious principles economic development and sense gratification dharma artha and karma believing the words of the spiritual master and scripture and always endeavoring with expertise in earning money. These are the symptoms of the Vaishya. Shudra, Seva, Hyasteyam, Satyam, Goviprarakshanam, Goviprarakshanam. Offering obeisances to the higher sections of society, the Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, and Vaishyas. being always very clean, being free from duplicity, serving one's master, performing sacrifices without uttering mantras, not stealing, always speaking the truth and giving all protection to the cows and brahmanas. These are the symptoms of the Shudra. See, Even Shudras have so many qualifications which is hard to find in today's population. Hmm? Purport. It is everyone's experience that Workers or servants are generally accustomed to stealing. (laughs) A first-class servant is one who does not steal. Here it is recommended that a first-class shudra must remain very clean, must not steal or speak lies, and must always render service to his master. A shudra may attend sacrifices and Vedic ritualistic ceremonies along with his master, but he should not utter the mantras, for these may be uttered only by the members of the higher sections of society. Unless one is completely pure and has been raised to the standard of a Brahmana, Kshatriya, or Vaishya, in other words, unless one is a Dvija, twice born, the chanting of mantras will not be fruitful. So, this is the especially mantras like the Gayatri mantra and other Vedic mantras. But the Hare Krishna Maha mantra is so, it's called a Maha mantra because usually, otherwise, mantras require qualification of the chanter. That's why nowadays, you know, the tape, which you know, Om Bhur Bhuvasubha, the Gayatri Mantra, they just, you know, some woman is chanting and then in a song, in a, in a song uh, meter. This is actually not correct. It should not be chanted at all by those who are not twice born those who are not, those who have not received initiation. They should not chant the Gayatri Mantra. They should not even hear it. But you know, even if you hear it, there's there's not going to be any use. You know? We must receive the mantra from a bona fide spiritual master and we must be qualified with Brahminical qualities and then we can chant the Gayatri Mantra. That's why, even in our movement, the Gayatri Mantra is given only when the second initiation happens, when one is Brahmin initiated. Then he receives the Gayatri Mantra. So, um, that's why uh, this, these rules are there. But Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, it is called Maha Mantra, it is so powerful that it does not depend on initiation anymore. Uh, it, it, everybody, that's why Nityananda Prabhu, that uh, Bhaktivuna Thakur song, he said, Jati dhana vidya bala He distributed to everybody the holy name. Because even if one has no qualification, he can chant this Hare Krishna Mahamantra and become purified. Uh, so that's why this chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra is so powerful. That's why we are distributing. Our our process is Sankirtan. On the streets, you know, um, sing the Harinam. And everybody can listen and follow. So powerful mantra. Next. Now, Brahmanakshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra are finished. Now, duties of women in the Vedic culture. 7.11.25 Strinam chapati devanam Tathushrusha Nukulata Tathbandhusvanuvrityascha Nityam Tadvratadharanam to render service to the husband, to be always favorably disposed toward the husband, to be equally well disposed toward the husband's relatives and friends, and to follow the vows of the husband. These are the four principles to be followed by women described as chaste. Purport. It is very important for peaceful householder life that a woman follow the vow of her husband. Any disagreement with the husband's vow will disrupt family life. In this regard, Chanakya Pandit gives a very valuable instruction. Dampatyo kalaho nasti tatra Shri svayam When there are no fights between husband and wife, the goddess of fortune automatically comes to the home. A woman's education should be conducted along the lines in, indicated in this verse. A woman's education should be conducted along the lines indicated in this verse. The basic principle for a chaste woman is to be always favorably disposed toward her husband. In Bhagavad Gita 1.40, it is said, If the women are polluted, there will be Varna population. In modern terms, the Varna Sankara are the hippies who do not follow any regulative injunctions. Another explanation is that when the population is Varna Sankara, no one can know who is on what platform. This is another thing. You know why this thing that... Okay, let's read this whole thing and then we will understand. Another explanation is that the popula- when the population is varna no one can know who is on what platform. The Varna-Ashram system scientifically divides society into four Varnas and four Ashramas. But in varna society, there are no such distinctions and no one can know who is who. In such a society, no one can distinguish between a Brahmana, a Kshatriya, a Vaishya and a Shudra. For peace and happiness in the material world, the Varna-Ashram institution must be introduced. The symptoms of one's activities must be defined and one must be educated accordingly then spiritual advancement will automatically be possible see the symptoms of one's activities must be defined nowadays everybody can just do whatever they like and uh, there's no difference between a brahmana kshatriya vaishya and shudra anymore so this is varna sankara population actually sankara means mixture mishra um, means you know usually they used to keep it like that among families like kshatriya and kshatriya they marry and brahmana and brahmana they marry and they follow all these rules before the birth you know everything everything they follow so people were you know there was a structure to society but over time they did not follow and simply kept the family without any training within the family previously it was yes usually if you see the um, what is that kings of the Vedic times usually the father and then his son becomes king and his son becomes king and his son becomes king so it looks like nepotism, but actually no. Why then it was followed in the family? Because the training was there. The son used to be trained how to become a kshatriya. And the qualities, actually, we also develop qualities from our parents. And then we we, we get those qualities. So if a person a qualified kshatriya and a qualified kshatriya, kshatrani, then their son can have very good chance to have kshatriya qualities as well and they are trained not just having the qualities guna and karma and he's also trained in that way in his activities also then when he becomes qualified then he is the next king so not just nepotism but when people did not start to follow the qualification and just followed the heredity without any qualification making it on janma the basis or birth that's when the whole thing fell apart that's when the whole thing fell apart all right next <clears throat> Next, more, more um, uh, duties of the woman here are mentioned here. Sammarjano palepa bhyam, Grihamandana vartanai hisvayam chamanditanityam, Parimrishta parichada, Kamayr ucha vachai Prashrayena, Dame nacha vakya hi hipremna, Kale kale bhajat patim. A chaste woman must dress nicely and decorate herself with golden ornaments for the pleasure of her husband. Always wearing clean and attractive garments, she should sweep and clean the household with water and other liquids so that the entire house is always pure and clean. She should collect the household paraphernalia and keep the house always aromatic with incense and flowers and must be ready to execute the desires of her husband. Being modest and truthful, controlling her senses and speaking in sweet words, a chaste woman should engage in the service of her husband with love according to time and circumstances next 71128 santushta santushtalo lupaadaksha dharmagnya priya satyavak apramatta suchih snigdha patim dwapatitam bhajet translation a chaste woman should not be greedy but satisfied in all circumstances she must be very expert in handling household affairs and should be fully conversant with religious principles. It's not that she's a fool, she doesn't know, no. Dharma She She's a Dharma But at the same time, Santushta alolupadaksha Very expert in uh, serving. So, <clears throat> should be fully conversant with religious principles. She should speak pleasingly and truthfully and should be very careful and always clean and pure. Thus a chaste woman should engage with affection in the service of her husband who is not fallen. Patim tu apatitam bhajet, one who is not fallen. So Prabhupada explains more in the purport here. According to the injunction of Yajnavalkya, an authority on religious principles, Ashudhehi <inaudible> Sampratikshohi, Mahapataka, Dushitaha. One is considered contaminated by the reactions of great sinful activities when one has not been purified according to the methods of Dasavidha samskara. Means, if one is not purified by this samskara's reformatory processes, one is said to be contaminated by the reactions of great sinful activities. In Bhagavad Gita, however, the Lord says, Namam duškritano mudha prapadyante naradhama. 7.15 Those miscreants who do not surrender unto me, are the lowest of mankind. The word Naradham means non-devotee. The word Naradham means non-devotee. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also said, Anyone who is a devotee is sinless. One who is not a devotee, however, is the most fallen and condemned. It is recommended, therefore, that a chaste wife not associate with a fallen husband. A fallen husband is one who is addicted to the four principles of sinful activity, namely illicit sex, meat-eating, gambling and intoxication. Specifically, if one is not a soul surrendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is understood to be contaminated. Thus, a chaste woman is advised not to agree to serve such a husband. It is not that a chaste woman should be like a slave while her husband is Naradhama, the lowest of men. See. So, it isn't, chastity doesn't mean, you know, um, one just has to silently take abuse from, the, from a fallen husband while he is Naradham. <clears throat> so, it is said, it is not that a chaste woman should be like a slave while her husband is Naradham, the lowest of men. Although the duties of a woman are different from those of a man, a chaste woman is not meant to serve a fallen husband. If her husband is fallen, it is recommended that she give up his association. Giving up the association of her husband does not mean, however, that a woman should marry again and thus indulge in prostitution. If a chaste woman unfortunately marries a husband who is fallen, she should live separately from him. Similarly, a husband can separate himself from a woman who is not chaste according to the description of the Shastra. What is the description of Shastra? For him to take eventually Vana and Sanyas. The conclusion is that a husband should be a pure Vaishnava and that a woman should be a chaste wife with all the symptoms described in this regard then both of them will be happy and make spiritual progress in krishna consciousness so this this is how it is to be done next the woman who engages in the service of her husband following strictly in the footsteps of the goddess of fortune Surely returns home back to Godhead with her devotee husband and lives very happily in the Vaikuntha planets. Purpose: the faithfulness of the goodness of fortune. Sorry, the faithfulness of the goddess of fortune is the ideal for a chaste woman. The Brahma Samhita says, 5.29 lakshmi twenty nine, Lakshmi Brahma Sevya In the Vaikuntha planets, Lord Vishnu is worshipped by many, many thousands of goddesses of fortune. And in of Vrindavan, Lord Krishna is worshipped by many, many thousands of gopis, all of whom are goddesses of fortune. A woman should serve her husband as faithfully as the goddess of fortune. A man should be an ideal servant of the Lord, and a woman should be an ideal wife like the goddess of fortune. Then, both husband and wife will be so faithful and strong that by acting together, they will return home back to Godhead without a doubt. In this regard, Srila Madhvacharya gives his opinion. Very nice verse this is. Hari Rasmin Sthita Iti, bhartari Bhartaribhavana, Shishyanam Chaguraunityam, Shudranam Brahmanadishu, Bhrityanam Swaminitatha, Hari Bhava Udiritaha. A woman should think of her husband as the Supreme Lord. Similarly, a disciple should think of the spiritual master as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A Shudra should think of a Brahmana as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And a servant should think of his master as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In this way, all of them will automatically become devotees of the Lord. In other words, by thinking in this way, all of them will become Krishna conscious. That also means, that it doesn't mean that the woman should you know, worship her husband like, you know that oh, you are Krishna. No. Representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So that means the husband, the guru, the brahmana and the master of a servant, all these are responsible positions they must be acting as the representatives of krishna then of course you can consider them as uh you know representatives of krishna but but if they don't act but if they don't behave like representatives of krishna then how to accept therefore it is said in the 5.5.18 as you can see let's go there and come back here gururna sasyat sasyat Daivam natatsyan namochayedya samupetam One who cannot deliver his dependents from the path of repeated birth and death should never become a spiritual master, a father, a husband, a mother, or a worshipable demigod. Now, if you see this verse just now, Harir Asmin sthita iti, this Madhvacharya's verse, Hari means what? One who takes away one's material life and you know, liberates one. So the giver of liberation is also called Mukunda. But Hari means one who takes away. That's why sometimes even um, lion is called Hari. Or tiger or cheetah. You know, because they grab and take away. You know, snatch. So even snake is called sometimes Hari. That's why we say um, Narasimha as Nara Hari. Nara Hari means, Nara means man. Hari means lion. Half man, half lion. narahari. So, one who snatches away. So, Hari means one who snatches away one's material life and, you know, um, purifies him, liberates him. So, that means, So, in this verse, one who cannot deliver his dependence on the path of repeated birth and death, one who cannot take away, like Hari, one who cannot take away the material life of a devotee, I mean, of, of, a, of a dependent, he should not accept those... Um, responsible positions as a master as a husband all these these things are stated you know one who cannot deliver his dependence on from the path of repeated birth and death should never become a spiritual master a father a husband a mother or a worshipable demigod demigod means as we know devata you know daivam means even an ordinary person in this world who is a great person or even one's master so that is to be understood like that Next, 11, 7, 11, 13. Vrittihe Sankara Jatinam, Tattat Kulakrata Bhavet, Achauranam, Apapanam, Antyajan, Antyajan <coughs> Among the mixed classes known as Sankara, you see this? Vritti Sankara Jatinam, occupational duty of the Sankara Jatinam. Other than those, the, those are the four divisions of. Brahmanakshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra. So among the mixed classes known as Sankara, those who are not thieves are known as Antevasai or Chandalas, dog eaters. And they also have their hereditary customs. Even a Chandala has some principles, you know. The four principles purport, the four principal divisions of society, Brahmanakshatriya, Vaishya and Shudra have been defined. And now, there is a description of the antyaja the mixed classes among the mixed classes there are two divisions pratilomaja and anulomaja if a woman of a high caste marries a man of a lower caste their union is called pratiloma pratilo if a woman is of a low caste however sorry if a woman of a low caste however marries a man of a higher caste their union is called anulo um, The members of such dynasties have their traditional duties as barbers, washermen and so on. Among the Antyajas, those who are still somewhat pure in that they do not steal and are not addicted to meat-eating, drinking, illicit sex and gambling are called Antevasahi. Even they (laughs) don't have meat-eating, drinking, illicit sex and gambling. Sometimes they have. But some of them don't even have that. You see, that is the Vedic culture. Even a 5th class person is so qualified. Among people of the lower classes, intermarriage and the drinking of wine are allowed. For these people do not recognize such conduct as sinful among themselves. So they, they in their societies, drinking and all these are allowed. Intermarriage and all this. And nowadays, <laughs> the whole world is full of this. Intermarriage and drinking and all these things are going on. So now, the next verse is even more, you see how it explains prāyaḥ Swabhava vihito dharmo yuge yuge rājan pretya cheha My dear King, Brahmanas well conversant in Vedic knowledge have given their verdict that in every age, Yuga, the conduct of different sections of people according to their material modes of nature is auspicious both in this life and after death. This is actually some of the in teachings of dharma vyādha that we have discussed before in the AMA session uh, last Monday. So vyadha the, the butcher who actually taught the Brahmana, so he was actually speaking on these kinds of principles. He, he said this also. So let's see the purport. Then we will try to understand it. So purport. In the Bhagavad Gita 3.35 it is said, Shreyansvadharmovigunah paradharmatsvanushthitat It is far better to discharge one's prescribed duties, even though they may be faulty, than another's duties. The Antyajas, the men of the lower classes, are accustomed to stealing, uh, drinking and illicit sex, but that is not considered sinful. For example, if a tiger kills a man, this is not sinful, but if a man kills another man, this is considered sinful, and the killer is hanged. What is a daily affair among the animals is a sinful act in human society. Thus, according to the symptoms of higher and lower sections of society, there are different varieties of occupational duties. According to the experts in Vedic knowledge these duties are prescribed in terms of the age concerned so although these stealing I mean stealing of course (laughs) see even that is not considered sinful for them you know why because they are already at the abyss they can't go below actually there is a verse like that in the 11th canto Um, maybe some of you can help me in the comments that it is said that when one has already fallen to the lowest how much more low can he go when he's already on the as a rock bottom? That's it. That's the lowest he can go. So, so that's why, if a if a if a fallen person in society does something bad like illicit sex, or intoxication, or meat eating, it is just like a daily affair for them. But if a devotee, oh, he does some meat eating, illicit sex, gambling, intoxication, oh, this is not excusable. Hmm? So because. one is expected to remain in a higher section of society and his behavior should be exemplary and if he does something that is bad ah, that is you know very bad the example is given if a tiger kills a man that is not sinful but if a man kills another man that is considered sinful what is a daily affair among the animals is a sinful act in human society so according to one's position there are different um, this thing occupations. <clears throat> Next Vritya Swabhava Kritaya krit, Hitva Jamkarma Nirgunat Translation If one acts in his profession according to his position in the modes of nature and gradually gives up these activities, he attains the Nishkama stage. So it is not that they are doing those things. They just have to remain there. No, they have to be gradually be elevated. It's not that, okay. Oh, it's not sinful. Okay, no, it's not that it is, they will not suffer. They will suffer of all the actions that they're doing, but the suffering, as we know, we should, be under, we should understand it like this. We'll go here, 5, 26, 3, everybody has suffering, but it is like this, 5.26.3. Just as by executing various pious activities, one achieves different positions in heavenly life, by acting impiously, one achieves different positions in hellish life. Now, you see, those who are activated by the material mode of ignorance engage in impious activities, and according to the extent of their ignorance, they are placed in different grades of hellish life. See that? Based on the extent of their ignorance. If one acts in the mode of ignorance because of madness, his resulting misery is the least severe. One who acts impiously but knows the distinction between pious and impious activities is placed in a hell of intermediate severity. And for one who acts impiously and ignorantly because of atheism, the resultant hellish life is the worst. Because of ignorance, every living entity has been carried by various desires into thousands of different hellish planets since time immemorial, I shall try to describe them as far as possible. So, you see that out of madness. So people in general, they are mad. They don't care, they don't know what is right, what is wrong, they are doing anything they like. So when it is said that they are stealing and illicit sex and all this intoxication is not sinful, it means like this. They are doing it because of intense ignorance, they don't even know what they are doing. So they're, they will suffer in hell, definitely they will suffer. But it is least severe. That does not mean they are just a little bit suffering. No, there is still a lot of suffering. <laughs> You know when, you, when, you, when we talk about least more and most severity in hellish life, even the least severe is we can't even imagine in what is going, in, in this life we can't even imagine even the least severe punishment of hell. So in this world it will be like very severe. For example you see the, the big um, story that happened that George Floyd, he, the knee of the policeman was pressed against his neck for 8 minutes and he died he couldn't breathe so that's considered it is per a whole movement all over the world but that is nothing in hell absolutely nothing that's just like that's not even punishment in hell you know that is hell one is i mean if, actually this fifth 20, counter 26 chapter if you want you can go and read the whole punishments of hell are described i mean you can't even imagine the kind of punishment it is not found on this earth it's not found sometimes traces of those are found on this earth and that itself is already horrible to hear about or see or you know know about that is hell so it is not that they are not going to suffer they will suffer but least compared to the others so the whole idea is if one acts in his profession as it is stated here according to his position in the modes of nature and gradually gives up these activities he has to come out of that that's why a meat eater. He can eat meat, alright, but once a month, you know, there's some regulations. So, those regulations have to be followed. Even if one is intoxicating, he should do under the Vedic regulations. The whole idea is to gradually give up those things. And then, gradually he attains the Nishkama stage. So, if one purport, if one gradually gives up his hereditary customs and duties and tries to serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead in his natural position, he is able to uh, he is gradually able to become free from these activities and he attains the stage of nishkama, freedom from material desires. Next, Upyamanam Mohokshetram Swayam Nirviryatam Yat Nakalpate Punahasutyai Uptam Bijam Chanashyati Evam Kama Shayam Chittam Kama Namati Sevaya Viradjeta Yatharajan Agni Vatkama Bindubhi. This is also. Uh, okay we will see see once you read you will understand translation my dear king if an agricultural field is cultivated again and again the power of its production decreases and whatever seeds are sown there are lost just as drops of ghee on a fire never extinguish the fire but a flood of ghee will similarly overindulgence in lusty desires mitigate such desires entirely You see this this is kind of controversial right overindulgence in lusty desires mitigates such desires entirely all right purport if one continuously sprinkles drops of ghee on a fire the fire will not be extinguished but if one suddenly puts a lump of ghee on a fire the fire may possibly be extinguished entirely similarly those who are too sinful and have thus been born in the lower classes are allowed to enjoy sinful activities fully For thus, there is a chance that these activities will become detestful to them and they will get the opportunity to be purified. There is a chance. So what happens is when they are frustrated in their attempts, then they may question all this, I mean question life. Why, why? I mean, why am I not happy after all these things, after all that I have done? A good example is Yamunacharya. He enjoyed so much in the first half of his life. Ramanujacharya's guru, Yamanacharya, he was a king and he enjoyed so much in his life with women and wine and everything. But then, after that, he became a devotee because he was fed up with the whole materialistic way of life. So sometimes that can happen, but again, it's not a guarantee. You see, he, just like a lump of ghee, you know, if there is, suppose there is, um, you know, why a lump of ghee will possibly extinguish the fire? Because there's no oxygen to burn it. If 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 there is so much ghee that you know it's like one big slab of ghee is poured on a you know one big bucket of ghee is poured on a fire and there's no because two things are required for fire the the fu- the the fuel and the air so if the whole fuel covers the air com- entirely it can it can extinguish the fire so if it suffocates so basically if it suffocates the fire of lust. That means how that happens. If one excessively does something, you know, he may get AIDS and he can't even do it again. <laughs> That's another way of stopping him. So, do we want nature to take its course and punish us severely and then you know stop it? Or we want to um you know voluntarily give them up and take up spiritual life with vishaya Vartante. This is a much better um Process, second chapter, 59th verse here you can see. vartante rasavarjam rasopyaśya Nivartate. The embodied soul may be restricted from sense enjoyment through the though the taste for sense objects remains. But seizing such engagements by experiencing a higher taste, he is fixed in consciousness. So although today just now that verse said that overindulgence and lusty desires mitigate such desires entirely. There is a chance for it, but it can also work the other way around because Maya will not stop. Like, for example, we wanted to satisfy lust. How many lifetimes, how many millions of lifetimes have we spent in this material world trying to satisfy the same damn lust? What happened? Whatever happened to that uh, mitigation of, of lusty desires, it did not happen and still we are in this material world still trying to enjoy this world you know it's not it's not going away so maya has two kinds of energies prakshepatmika avaranatmika two things prakshepatmika means it throws away, throws us from the spiritual life if we try to you know get some um, you know make some advancement in spiritual life it first of all throws us away from there and then avaranatmika covers us Covers us by illusion, keeps us there. What is that? Um, makes us believe that oh, actually this is after all nice. It, you know, material world is not that bad actually. You know, as the devotees say. So these kind of feelings are given by Maya. So even if one enjoys a lot, the desire to enjoy doesn't go. You see, even an, even one when one is an invalid, it will not go actually. But there is sometimes a chance, like for example, the perfect example is um, Prabhupada preached to the hippies. They were into illicit sex and gambling, intoxication. I mean, especially intoxication, meat-eating and illicit sex. Rampant. But they were so disgusted with their lives and just like, don't know what to do with their lives and they got frustrated. I mean, Prabhupada went there and they took it up. Not all, but, you know, many people took it up. So, overindulgence in that got some... uh, spirit of renunciation in them. It will only be sustained if it is added with Krishna consciousness. It is not that because the thing is now extinguished it is it will never rise again. No, that will not happen. It will again rise. So if it is added with Krishna consciousness or if, if a person is completely done with all kinds of material enjoyment and then frustrated at that time if he takes up devotional service, yes. Otherwise, after some time just like when we are hungry we want to eat and we maybe end up even overeating because of our eagerness to eat and everything everything feels tasty when you're hungry even if it is like <laughs> otherwise you would not have even touched but if you're hungry or oh, you you will eat anything so <laughs> so but after overeating you will get so disgusted with eating that's another example where by overeating no more <laughs> you you give your i mean if somebody gives us the, our favorite um, sweet maybe rasgulla or you know, gulab jamun or you know, what is that? Uh, uh, what is it? Rabadi or anything like that. Or any uh, samosas, whatever one is one's favorite is. If even one is given that, he will want to puke. He will want to vomit. Because the thought of food will just make him vomit. I mean, he just cannot think of it. But, it looks like he is disgusted about the food. But what happens? Next day, again hungry. That's the thing. The same with lust. So, it, yes, the desire goes off entirely, but it's not solved at the root. The problem is not solved at the root. Uh, so unless there is Krishna consciousness to replace that lust, the love of Godhead to replace that lust, it cannot be permanently removed. So That's what we have to understand. You see this, mm, you see this, 9, 9.19.16. Yadustyajadur yadustya matibhir jiriyato yana jiriyate. For those who are too attached to material enjoyment, sense gratification is very difficult to give up. See that? Even when one is an invalid because of old age, one cannot give up such desires for sense gratification. Therefore, one who actually desires happiness must give up such unsatisfied desires, which are the cause of all tribulations. But for those people who are addicted to this, they won't even hear this, listen to these kind of uh, instructions where you have to give up and all that. No, they just want to go full throttle into that. What happens? And they have to learn the hard way. They will get some AIDS or something. Then they will realize and then, you know, I should not have done or, you know, anything can happen. Not just AIDS. There are so many psychological problems that happen. If one is, you know, um, uncontrollably having sex, he will have so many psychological problems and even social problems. So many. So, that way he has to learn. and Or he will become disgusted with the whole thing because everything is just turning against him. That way. So, either we learn that hard way or learn the better way. Alright. Next. This is a very important verse. Prabhupada quoted this many times. 11, 7.11.35 11, bhivyanjakam. <inaudible> If one shows the symptoms of being a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya or Shudra, as described above, even if he has appeared in a different class, he should be accepted according to those symptoms of classification. So he should be classified. People must be classified according to the symptoms of classification rather than the birth. So purport. Herein it is clearly stated by Narad Muni. That one should not be accepted as a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, or Shudra according to birth. For although this is going on now, it is not accepted by the Shastras. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, Chaturvarnyam, Maya, Srishtam, Gunakarma, Thus, the four divisions of society, Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, and Shudra, are to be ascertained according to the qualities and activities. If one is born in a Brahmana family and has acquired the Brahmanical qualifications, he is to be accepted as a Brahmana. Otherwise, he should be considered a Brahma Bandhu. Similarly, if a Shudra acquires the qualities of a Brahmana, although he was born in a Shudra family, he is not a Shudra because he has developed the qualities of a Brahmana. He should be accepted as a Brahmana. The Krishna Consciousness movement is meant to develop these Brahmanical qualities. Regardless of the community in which one is born, if one develops the qualities of a Brahmana, he should be accepted as a Brahmana and he may he then may be offered the order of sannyas. <coughs> Unless one is qualified in terms of the brahmanical symptoms, one cannot take sannyas. In designating a person a brahmana, kshatriya, vaishya or shudra, birth is not the essential symptom. This understanding is very important. Here in Naradmuni distinctly says that one may be accepted according to the caste of his birth if he has the corresponding qualifications, but otherwise he should not. One who has attained the qualifications of a brahmana regardless of where he was born should be accepted as a brahmana. Similarly, if one has developed the qualities of a shudra or a chandala, regardless of where he is born, he should be accepted in terms of those symptoms. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the 7th canto, 11th chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled The Perfect Society for Social Classes. Now we will go to the next chapter, for Spiritual Classes. And actually, I thought there were two um, chapters in 7th canto and two in the eleventh canto but no we have at least three if not even more chapters only on the seventh canto and then two two more chapters in the eleventh canto so i don't think we will be able to finish it today but we will go through this chapter and after that we will finish and we will continue let this be a series of varnashram, you know maybe i don't know three or four videos so we'll just cover like everything about varnashram. and then we will go on to the next verse of bhagavad-gita Alright, so <coughs> next seven twelve one. 1. So before we go here, summary. This chapter particularly describes the brahmachari and the person in the vanaprastha stage and it also gives a general description of the four ashramas, brahmachari, grahastha, vanaprastha and sanyas. In the previous chapter, the great saint Naradmuni has described the varna institution of society and now in this chapter he will describe the stages of the spiritual advancement in the four ashramas, which are known as Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, and Sannyas. The next all is actually the, from the verses itself, so we can go through the verses. So, here in this chapter, there is about Brahmachari and Vanaprastha. There is another dedicated chapter about Grihasthas, which we will have to go through important because many of you are in family situations and that is, you know, ideal family life. And instructions for civilized human being i'm not sure about uh, maybe we should go through this 15th chapter as well but mainly the 14th chapter uh, 11 we finished 12 we are going to go through now and 13th a little bit f- first few verses a little bit and because it's about the paramahamsa about how he should live a uh, completely self-realized person uh, like an avadut Sannyasi. um we'll go through that uh, a little bit But then the 14th one, the ideal family life is something important. So, maybe we will touch upon that probably tomorrow. Let's see how it goes. Tomorrow, I think definitely, yeah. Today, we will go through 12 now. 7, 12, 1. Let's see how many verses are actually there. 31 verses. So, we just finished 35 verses from the 11th 11th chapter. Now, 31 verses from here. Sri Narada Vacha brahmachari gurukule vasandanto gurur hitam <clears throat> vasandanto gurur hitam acharandas avanni cho gurau sudruddha sa Narad Muni said a student should practice this is about brahmachari see brahmachari brahmachari gurukule vasandanto gurur hitam a student should practice completely controlling his senses he should be submissive and should have an attitude of firm friendship for the spiritual master. With a great vow, the brahmachari should live at the gurukul only for the benefit of the guru. So he has no personal motives, nothing in his life. Brahmachari means just for guru, that's it. (laughs) Sayam pratar upasita gurvagnarka surottaman sandhe ubhecha yatavag japan brahma samahitaha at both junctions of day and night, namely in the early morning and in the evening, he should be fully absorbed in thoughts of the spiritual master, fire, the sun god, and Lord Vishnu, and by chanting the Gayatri mantra, he should worship them. Chandam syadhi yita gurur, ahu taschet, suyantritaha, upakrame vasanecha, shirasanameth being called by the spiritual master, the student should study the Vedic mantras regularly. Every day before beginning his studies and at the end of his studies, the disciple should respectfully offer obeisances unto the spiritual master. Which is why we chant the Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om and all those prayers before we start start the lecture is because of this. And after the, after the studies also, at the end also we will say, you know, Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai, Shri La Ki Jai and all that. So this is because of this. Next. Mekhalajina Vasamsi Jatadanda Kamandalun Bibhriyad Upavitamcha Darbhapanir Yathoditam So Okay. Carrying pure kusha grass in his hand, the brahmachari should dress regularly with a belt of straw and with deer skin garments. He should wear matted hair, carry a rod and water pot and be decorated with Um, A sacred thread as recommended in the shastras so definitely (laughs) these are not being followed now because this is if you are staying in the forest yes so in today's context especially in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement he did not want you know matted hair and all these hippy kind of features he wanted clean actually you can see there is one verse I think in Chaitanya Charitamritam Madhulilam 20.70, 20.70, I think. Yeah. Bhadra Karaya Tare Ganga snan Karaila Shekhar Aniya Tare Nutan Vastradila. Chandrasekhar then made Sanatan Goswami look like a gentleman. He took him um, to bathe in the Ganges and afterwards he brought him a new set of clothes. Purport. The words Bhadra Karaya are significant in this verse. Due to his long hair, moustache and beard, Sanatana Goswami looked like a Daravesh or hippie. <laughs> Since Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not like Sanatan Goswami's hippie features, he immediately asked Chandrasekhar to get him shaved clean. If anyone with long hair or a beard wants to join this Krishna consciousness movement and live with us, he must similarly shave himself clean. The followers of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu consider long hair objectionable. Sanatana Goswami was saved from a hellish condition Maharaurav by the grace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Maharaurav is a hell wherein animal killers are placed. In this regard, refer to Srimad Bhagavatam. All right. So you see, so this is basically it. Of course, you will find sometimes Bhaktivuna Thakur and Bhaktisiddhansarasa Thakur in the Chaturmasa, they will have the beard. They, they could follow all those rules and regulations, but for us, for our rules, Prabhupada gave us, always be clean-shaved. No... That actually, I am not able to find this explanation by Aishwala Prabhupada. I read this very clearly and I read it about two through three times. Um, but I don't remember exactly where I found it. Uh, he says, um, there's some verse which says, I don't know exactly where, Chaitanya, Charitamrita or Chaitamrita or Bhagavatam or somewhere, where um, it is said that one should not take care of one's hair and you know, let it grow. So... <clears throat> there Prabhupada mentions that there are two ways of not taking care of the hair just allow them to grow and even nails you will find later in this chapter uh, nails also one should not cut and then hair also one should not cut and just let them grow just just let them grow um, that is one way of and you know the hair becomes matted locks and not even caring or oiling the hair or taking care of the hair that's how one should live as a brahmachari or vanaprastha and sanyas but Prabhupada mentions in the purport of that where he says there are two ways of not taking care of the hair. One is have all the hair and then don't take care of it or don't have hair at all and then you don't have to take care of it. So two ways. And he says we prefer without. We Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers according to this verse here um, consider long hair objectionable. So according to time and place and circumstances the spiritual master gives us the particular rules and regulations to be followed if if you can find maybe some of you i don't know you can maybe put in the comments maybe we can look at that later but just i was unable to find it earlier in the day all right next sayam bhaiksham guravetan nivedayet bhunjita noched upavaset see The brahmachari should go out morning and evening to collect alms and he should offer all that he collects to the spiritual master. He should eat only if ordered to take food by the spiritual master. Otherwise, if the spiritual master does not give this order, he may sometimes have to fast. So, this is the actual stage, I mean, actual standard of brahmachari life. Uh, But of course, Prabhupada said, um, I have only introduced 20% of the rules. If I introduce the other 80%, none of you will remain here, Prabhupada said. (laughs) so actually so that's why he introduced rules which we can follow even like for example 64 rounds he reduced it to 16 rounds because he saw that we are very unsteady in our chanting and our concentration and everything so whatever the rules are given by Srila Prabhupada we should follow according to time and circumstance but this is the gold standard of not to be followed now not that oh now I want to follow Prabhu this one I want to have this beard and you know all the hair all like a madman no (laughs) <laughs> not allowed because Prabhupada said no and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also got Chait- Sanatana Goswami shaved clean you know so we can't do this but you know we just read about all these things okay in other other ages before yes all these were done you know? now the thing is um, one more point i want to say is that the whole point by reading this you may ask I mean, why are we even reading this when it is not really applicable for our current times still we should we should learn to see how detached one must be from bodily concept of life why all these things are why one should not take care of the hair and just have let them grow in matted locks and all that why the whole thing is to get out of the bodily concept of life you know put too much effort in all this you know cosmetics and all these things I know uh, taking care of our body too much the whole idea of these rules is to get out of the bodily concept so even if it looks dirty and you know it looks like a ghostly haunted person doesn't matter that was the that is the intention to get out of the bodily concept not be attracted to the body always but even though we may not follow exactly this we should understand how serious it is how seriously we should get out of the bodily concept of life that is the whole point of this Okay, this is uh, very nice um, here. 3 issues 3, nirjiteshucha. Okay, next. A brahmachari should be quite well behaved and gentle and should not eat or collect more than necessary. He must always be active and expert, fully believing in the instructions of the spiritual master and the shastra. He must always be active and expert, fully believing in the instructions of the spiritual master and shastra. He should not be a lazy fellow. No, Brahmachari means not lazy fellow fully controlling his senses, he should associate only as much as necessary with women or those controlled by women. So purport, a brahmachari should be very careful not to mix with women or with men addicted to women. Although when he goes out to beg alms, it is necessary to talk to talk with women and with men very much attached to women. This association should be very short and he should talk with them only about begging alms and not more. A brahmachari should be very careful in associating with men who are attached to women. Actually Okay, we'll read this verse as well This is actually a similar verse in 2nd um, chapter, 60th verse of Bhagavad Gita But this is even a little more sannyasi. So, you see, a brahmachari or one who has not accepted the grahastha ashram, family life, must rigidly avoid talking with women or about women. For the senses are so powerful that they may agitate even the mind of a sannyasi, a member of the renounced order of life. You know, this is brahmachari. Brahmachari essentially means the vow not to m- marry but to observe strict celibacy. Brihad Vrata. Brihad means big. Vrata means vow. Uh, it's a very big vow. A big um, commitment not to marry. Um, in fact when Bhishma Dev got his name because of this his actual name was um, Devadatta. Is that? Yeah. Devadatta. But then he got this name Bhishma because when his father found out that he was going to be a brahmacharya and never going to marry, then he wa- wow, Bhishma Pratigya. He said like that. Bhishma means horrible. We are calling him Bhishma Dev. Bhishma Dev. Actually, that means horrible. Horrible, horrible vow. Bhishma Pratigya means it's a horrible promise. But that was, that was another story. We will not go into that. But he took a promise that he will never marry. Uh, so. <clears throat> his father, when he came to know of this, then he, wow, this is a horrible pledge you, know, you have taken. For a man who is materialistically so attached um, to hear about uh, this, that you know, he will never marry his whole life, it's horrible to think of that. That's why he said Bhishma Pratikna, and That's why uh, since then his name became known as Bhishma Dev. <clears throat> as we have said before, you know, when somebody has given up his life and wanted to become brahmachari, um he is chanting Hari bol, Hari bol, and his family members are thinking horrible, horrible. No. <laughs> so that is how it is. <laughs> so, for the materialist, this is horrible, and for the person who is chanting Hari bol, Hari bol, no, and devotee, for him that is horrible. I mean, to be entangled in family life. <laughs> so. <clears throat> The injunction um, again, brahmachari or sannyasi should avoid talking with women or reading literature concerning talks between man and woman. Uh, for, for, for a record, there was one sannyasi in ISKCON who, guru, who was a guru who fell down badly. He wrote even a sex novel. Here it is said we should not lit- read literature like that or watch videos like that, of course. But there he actually wrote a book, you know, a sex novel one of these con gurus. How badly fallen because of his offences. <coughs> it's called Sanatorium. You know, if you want you can see in the Google and you, know, you will see the title. Sanatorium. It's a sex novel written by a so called guru. Yeah. What is this, you know? This is complete. So this happened. So the injunction restricting association with women is the basic principle of spiritual life. Associating or talking with women is never advised in any of the Vedic literatures. The entire Vedic system teaches one to avoid sex life so that one may gradually progress from brahmacharya to grihastha, from grihastha to vanaprastha and from vanaprastha to sannyas and thus give up material enjoyment which is the original cause of bondage to this material world. The word Brihadvrata refers to one who has uh, dedicated not to marry or in other words not to indulge in sex life throughout his entire life. Next, Kesha Prasadhan if, if the wife of the spiritual master is young, if the wife of the spiritual master is young, a young brahmachari should not allow her to care for his hair, massage his body with oil, or bathe him with affection like a mother. The purport. the relationship between the student or disciple and the wife of the spiritual master or teacher is like that between son and mother. A mother sometimes cares for her son by combing his hair, massaging his body with oil or bathing him. Similarly, the wife of the teacher is also a mother, Guru Patni, and therefore she may also care for the disciple in a motherly way. If the wife of the teacher is a young woman, however, a young brahmachari should not allow such mother to touch him. This is strictly prohibited. There are seven kinds of Mothers. These, mother, these Mothers are the original Mother, the wife of the teacher or spiritual master, the wife of a Brahmana, the king's wife, the, the cow, the nurse and the earth. Unnecessary association with women, even with one's mother, sister or daughter is strictly prohibited. This is human civilization. A civilization that allows men to mix unrestrictedly with women is an animal civilization. In Kali Yuga, people are extremely liberal, but mixing with women and talking with them as equals actually constitutes an uncivilized way of life. But this is a normal thing in today's, you know. Okay, this is... <clears> thakrit woman is compared to fire and a man and man is compared to a butter pot therefore a man should avoid associating even with his own daughter in a secluded place similarly he should also avoid association with other women one should associate with women only for important business and not otherwise if a butter pot and fire are kept together the butter within the pot uh, will certainly melt Woman is compared to fire and the man is compared to a butterpot. However advanced one may be in restraining the senses, it is almost impossible for a man to keep himself controlled in the presence of a woman, even if she is his own daughter, mother or sister. Indeed, his mind is agitated even if one is in the renounced order of life. Therefore, Vedic civilization carefully restricts mingling between men and women. If one cannot understand the basic principle of restraining association between man and woman, he is to be considered an animal. (laughs) That is the purport of this verse. Next, kalpayitvatmanayavad abhasam midamishvara Dvaitam tavanna Viramet tato hyasya viparyaya As long as a living entity is not completely self-realized, as long as he is not independent of the misconception of identifying with his body, which is nothing but a reflection of the original body and senses, he cannot be relieved of the conception of duality which is epitomized by the duality between man and woman. Does there is every chance that he will fall down because his intelligence is bewildered <coughs> this is an important uh, thing because sometimes <coughs> uh, some people who are inexperienced in our movement they ask questions like this that why you know in kirtan for example man and women are kept separate you know why this distinction and um, you know they get a little bit Especially women ask this kind of questions, you know, why why we have to separate from the man, or you know. I mean, and when put together, and then some molestation happens, and then they will again complain. So, the thing is, they say that, oh, if you consider everybody equal, then why you, you know, why women must have different roles and men must have different roles in, in devotional service also? Uh, there are you know certain duties for the woman, certain duties for the man. So, if we are all souls, we are all equal, Pandita Samadarshina, then why, why? not equal everywhere. This is the answer. See, we will read again the translation. As long as a living entity is not completely self-realized, as long as he is not independent of the misconception of identifying with his body, which is nothing but a reflection of the original body and senses, he cannot be relieved of the conception of duality, which is epitomized by a duality between man and woman. Thus, there is every chance that he will fall down because his intelligence is bewildered. Uh, let's read the purport. Here is another important warning that a man must save himself from attraction to woman. Until one is self-realized, fully independent of the illusory conception of the material body, the duality of man and woman must undoubtedly continue. But when one is actually self-realized, this distinction ceases. You See that? Until one one is self-realized, fully independent of the illusory conception of the material body, the duality of man and woman must undoubtedly continue. But when one is actually self-realized, this distinction ceases. Vidya sampanne, brahmane Brahmana Pandita, Samadarshinaha. The humble sage, by virtue of true knowledge, sees with equal vision a learned and gentle Brahmana, a cow, an elephant, a dog, and a dog eater, outcast. 5.18 Bhagavad Gita. On the spiritual platform, the learned person not only gives up the duality of man and woman, but also gives up the duality of man and animal. This is the test of self realization one must realize perfectly that the living being is spirit soul but is tasting various types of material bodies one may theoretically understand this you see this is important one may theoretically understand this but when one has practical realization then he actually becomes a pandit one who knows until that time the duality continues and the conception of man and woman also continues in this stage one should be extremely careful about mixing with women no one should think himself perfect and forget the shastric injunction that one should be very careful about associating even with his daughter, mother or sister, not to speak of other women. Srila Madhvacharya cites the following shlokas in this regard. This is actually a very nice shloka. Two shlokas. yathartha <laughs> jnanam tadanyatha Hai, naiva unity in variety is real knowledge and therefore giving up variety artificially does not reflect perfect knowledge of monism according to the achinta Bheda philosophy of sri Chaitanya, Mahabrabhu, there are varieties but all of them constitute one unit such knowledge is knowledge of perfect oneness now of course, the whole two verses are not translated here exactly. You know, he just summarized it. You know, this part, this is uh, very nice. It is uh, tying in with um, what is that? Um, Rupakoswami's verses. Prapanchi buddhya buddhya harisambandhu vasthunah mumukshubhi parityago vairagyam phalgu katyate anasaktis yatharham upeyun nirbandhe krishna sambandhe yuktam vairagyam uchchate it's called yukta vairagyam so here it is said yatha jnanam tatha vastu so according to the knowledge that a person has he will two, two meanings he will create things according to his knowledge like for example people are demonic in nation they created the atom bomb you know, yatha jnanam tatha vastu or the same thing different people will use it differently according to their knowledge a knife for example in the hand of an uh, in the hand of a doctor it is a surgical procedure that he will he will use it for for a beneficial thing but the same knife in a in a, in a criminal hand uh, it will be used for murder so yatha jnanam tatha vastu so the vastu itself you know it, it's it's not bad or good but according to the jnanam of the person he will use the vastu or the thing vastu means thing Whatever object, so he'll use the object in that way. Now we are using live streaming for discussing uh, Bhagavad Gita, whereas some people use live streaming for, you know, promoting business or promoting some um, sports or some even some movies or something like that. So different. Yatha gyanam tatha Vastu. So that is that is very important to understand. So if our gyanam is properly. Um, you know, there, then we can use the vastu or the things properly in service of Krishna. So, yathāgyanam jnanam tatha vastu, matihi. Now, as we use the vastu, it will influence our consciousness, our mati, hmm. our, our mind. Uh, so, if we use like, you know, all these gadgets, like we are using camera for this, you know, shooting this live stream, using a computer and using an iPad. So, these can be used for various purposes. Material and spiritual. But if we use it for material purpose, then our mind is mind will be contaminated. But if we use it for spiritual purpose in the service of Guru and Krishna, then it is it liberates us. So Yathagyanam Tathavastu tatha Matihi. So this is actually also explained in the fourth chapter. 24th verse, Brahmarpanam Brahmahavira. that verse, we will study that later on now, now, I just want to s- now now, this next verse is going to Grihastha, so briefly it will go to Grihastha and then Vanaprastha and then Sanyas before we go further so there is uh, two verses that I want to show about Brahmachari life which is Bhagavad Gita chapter 6 text 13 and 14 is it here? Yeah. Again, It is said, in the rules of celibacy written by the great sage Yajnavalkya, it is said, Karmanavana Savacha Sarvavastha Su Sarvada Sarvatramaitu Natyago Brahmacharyam The vow of Brahmacharya is meant to help one completely abstain from sex indulgence in work, words, and mind at all times, under all circumstances, and in all places. Work, words, and mind, all times, all circumstances, and all places. So there is another which is explained in the 6th canto, first chapter. We will see that. 6th canto, first chapter, I think 13th verse hmm. or 12th verse. Yeah, this is also actually, you see, tapasabrahma charyena, shamena chadamena chatyagena Satya sauchabhyam, yamena niyamena va, deha vaag buddhi jam dheera, dharma jyaan shraddhayaan mahadapi, venu gulmam ivanalaham. To concentrate the mind, one must observe a life of celibacy and not fall down. One must undergo the austerity of voluntarily giving up sense enjoyment. One must then control the mind and senses, give charity, be truthful, clean and non-violent follow the regular principles and regularly chant the holy names of the Lord. Thus, a sober and faithful person who knows the religious principles is temporarily purified of all sins performed with his body, mind and words. You see the word temporarily purified? The only way to fully purify is to add Krishna consciousness. Actually, it will be later on stated in other verses in the same chapter, but we are not going to go into all that. These sins are like the dried leaves of creepers beneath the bamboo tree, which may be burned by fire, although their roots remain to grow again at the first opportunity. So, again, burned by fire and the roots remain to grow again at the first opportunity. So, these are all, uh, what is that called? Um, Atonement, chitta processes. So, anyway, this is another chapter and it's going into another but the celibacy and all this is mentioned and here, you see, Brahmacharya, Prabhupada mentions. The life of celibacy has eight aspects. This is actually from where you know. Again, yajnavalkya Smriti. Eight aspects. One should not think of women, um, speak about sex life, dally with women, look lustfully at women, talk intimately with women, or decide to engage in sexual intercourse, nor should one endeavor f- for sex life, or engage in sex life now one second let me take out something let me take out You see in the matchless gift of Prabhupada I will just show my screen here or maybe do we have it here okay wait one second this book is not here okay maybe it's here one second you see here okay we will make this bigger x settings font size oh okay here we go one second Here it is. as you can see, I hope you can see that, yeah, this is from the Matchless Gift book and Prabhupada uh, quoted this actual verse which he mentioned in that, Srimad Bhagavatam Purport, here he actually quoted that, this is from the Yajnavalka Smriti, oh, sorry, sorry, not Yajnavalka, this is from Sridhar Swami, Sridhar Swami, commentary on the 6.1.12 verse, Smaranam kirtanam kelih prekshanam guhyabhashanam sankalpo dhyavasayascha kriya nirvritti reva cha. So these are, the six, these are the eight things that one should avoid in, um, as a brahmachari. Sex life in all these things. So that is explained in that verse just now. This is the exact verse. This is first class tapaha. These eight aspects. All right. So, did we read this? yeah we read this next now we're going to grihastha oh we're already at 9 30 now okay we will just um, read through how much ever we can in f- 10 ma- 10 more minutes then i think we will stop here 7 12 11 etat sarvam grihasthasya or oh, probably we will do all this um, tomorrow you know because now it is about grihastha and all that the whole topic of grahastha we can do tomorrow but then again it's actually a lot you know i think we'll f- finish a few more verses here all right etat sarvam grahasthasya saman samam natam yaterapi guru vikalpena grahasthasya all the rules and regulations apply equally to the householder and the sannyasi, the member of the renounced order of life the grahasta, however is given permission by the spiritual master to indulge in sex during the period favorable for procreation It is sometimes misunderstood that a grahastha, a householder, is permitted to indulge in sex at any time. This is a wrong conception of grahastha life. In spiritual life, whether one is a grahastha, vanaprastha, sannyasi, or brahmachari, everyone is under the control of the spiritual master. For brahmacharis and sannyasis, there there are strong restrictions on sex indulgence. Similarly, there are strong restrictions for grahasthas. Grahasthas should indulge in sex life only in accordance with the order of the guru. Therefore, it is mentioned here that one must follow the orders of the spiritual master, Gunavrityur Vikalpena. When the spiritual master orders, the grahastha may accept sex life. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Indulgence in sex life without disobedience to the religious rules and regulations constitutes a religious principle. The Grahastha is allowed to indulge in sex life during the period favorable for procreation in accordance with the spiritual master's order. So Prabhupada mentioned that um, the period of uh, favorable for procreation is within, I think, one week of the monthly cycle of the woman. Like that. And um, Grahasta is allowed to indulge in sex life during the period favorable for procreation in accordance with the spiritual master's order. If the spiritual master's order orders allow a Grahasta to engage in sex life at a particular time, then the Grahasta may do so. Otherwise, if the spiritual master orders against it, the Grahasta should abstain. So even Grahasta, you see how strict. The grihastha must obtain permission from the spiritual master to observe the ritualistic ceremony of Garbhadhana samskara. Then he may approach his wife to beget children, otherwise not. A brahmana generally remains a brahmachari throughout his entire life, but although some brahmanas become grihasthas and indulge in sex life, they do so under the complete control of the spiritual master. The kshatriya is allowed to marry more than one wife, but this also must be in accordance with the instructions of the spiritual master. It is not that because one is a grihastha, he may marry as many times as he likes and indulge in sex life as he likes. This is not spiritual life. In spiritual life, one must conduct one's whole life under the guidance of the Guru. Only one who executes his spiritual life under the direction of the spiritual master can achieve the mercy of Krishna. prasada bhagavat prasadah. If one desires to advance in spiritual life but he acts whimsically, not following the orders of the spiritual master, he has no shelter. prasada nagati kutopim. Without the spiritual master's order, even the ghrashta should not indulge in sex life. So, basically, for for ghrashtas in our movement, there were so many thousands of grahasthas. So, it's not that everybody must disturb Prabhupada. Can I have sex? Can I have sex? <laughs> so, Prabhupada mentioned that you know one chant fifty rounds, if if you know you want to have a child, and then engage in the act. So, one have to chant fifty rounds. That's the rule that he he you know put for grahasthas. <clears throat> so everything is you know very controlled in human life. Not like you know I'm just a free for all. Anjana Bhyanjan Mardha Striava Lekami Sham Madhu Sragantha Lepalankaram Sty Yury Brihadvrataha. Brahmacharis or Brihastas who have taken the vow of celibacy as described above should not indulge in the following. So basically a grahasta who is also following in the way that is described in the previous verse, he is also called a Brahmachari. Uh, He is also called a Brahmachari. So that is also called vow of celibacy. Brahmacharis or Grihasthas who have taken the vow of celibacy as described above should not indulge in the following. Applying powder or ointment to the eyes, massaging the head with oil, massaging the body with the hands, seeing a woman or painting a woman's picture, eating meat, drinking wine, Decorating the body with flower garlands, smearing scented ointment on the body, or decorating the body with ornaments. These things these they should give up. See? <clears throat> of course, you know, you we know we know that Srila Prabhupada got massaged by his devotees because you know his body was uh you know he needed massage. But it does not mean that you know he's gone gone against. Or what? <clears throat> so next, Ushitvaivam Gurukule, Dvijo, Dhitya Vabudhacha, Traim Sango Panishadam, Yava Dartam Yatha Balam, Anugyato, Guru Kamam Yadishvaraha, Graham Vanam, Va Pravishet, Pravrajet, Tatravaset. According to the rules and regulations I mentioned above. One who is a twice-born, namely a Brahmana, Kshatriya or Vaishya, should reside in the Gurukul under the care of the spiritual master. There he should study and learn all the Vedic literatures along with their supplements and the Upanishads, according to his ability and power to study. If possible, the student or disciple should reward the spiritual master with the remuneration the spiritual master requests. And then, following the master's orders, order, the disciple should leave and accept one of the other ashramas, namely the Grihastha Ashrama, Vanaprastha Ashrama or Sanyasa Ashrama, as he desires. So from Brahmachari, it looks like, we can accept grahastha vanaprastha or sanyas hmm. to study the vedas purport to study the vedas and understand them of course requires some special intelligence but the members of the three higher sections of society namely the brahmanas kshatriyas and vaishyas must learn the vedic literatures according to their capability and power to understand in other words studying the vedic literatures is compulsory for everyone but the shudras, for everyone but the shudras and antyajas the other, for the Shudras and Antejas, they can learn but it's not compulsory for them because mostly they will not be able to. They don't have interest sometimes or they prefer hearing some stories, Ramayana, Mahabharat, like that. They used to have in the villages even until 100-200 years ago. In the villages in the evening, there was no TV and all this uh, meaningless entertainment at the time. There, They used to have Ramayana Katha, Mahabharat Katha. So in the evening, all the you know members of the village, they will come at a place they will you know under the tree or you know in, in some place like that uh, or a shed like that and then the uh, speaker will you know um, explain the Mahabharata stories Ramayana stories and they used to all listen so they may be not experts in you know learning all the slokas and everything but they listen and they also learn all these good qualities and principles of religion through that but it's not so it's not compulsory for shudras and others antyajas. But the Brahmanas, Kshatriyas and Vaishyas is compulsory for them. The Vedic literature gives the knowledge that one that can lead one to understand the Absolute Truth, Brahman, Paramatma or Bhagavan. Gurukul or the Reformatory Educational Institution should be used only to understand Vedic knowledge. At the present time, there are many educational institutions for training and technology, but such knowledge has nothing to do with understanding of the Absolute Truth. Technology therefore is meant for the Shudras, Today's technology, today's today's university is all about this. Technology therefore is meant for the Shudras, whereas the Vedas are meant for the Dvijas. Dvijas means one who is... Dvija means twice born. One birth by father and mother, the second birth is by spiritual master and Shastra. It means initiation. One who is initiated is twice born. Um, consequently, this verse states... Dvijodhiyava buddhya cha traim sangopanishadam... sangopanishadam. At the present time, in the age of Kali, practically everyone is a Shudra and no one, is, no one is a Dvija. Therefore, the condition of society has very much deteriorated. Another point to be observed from this verse is that the Brahmacharya Ashram, that from the Brahmacharya Ashram, one may accept the Sanyas Ashram, Vanaprastha Ashram or Grihastha Ashram. It is not compulsory for a Brahmacharya to become a Grihastha. Because the ultimate aim is to understand the Absolute Truth, there is no necessity of going through all the different Ashramas. Thus, one may proceed to the Sanyas Ashram directly from the Brahmacharya Ashram. Srila Bhaktisiddhant Saraswati Thakur accepted the Sanyas Ashram directly from the Brahmacharya Ashram. In other words, His Divine Grace Bhaktisiddhant Saraswati Thakur did not think it compulsory to accept the Grihastha Ashram or Vanaprastha Ashram. Agnau Guravat Manicha Sarva Bhute Kshajam Bhutai Hisvadham Abhi Paśyed Apravishtam Pravishtavat One should realize that in the fire, in the spiritual master, in oneself and in all living entities, in all circumstances and conditions, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu, has simultaneously entered and not entered. He is situated externally and internally as a full controller of everything. Purport. Realization of the Supreme Personality of Godhead's omnipresence is the perfect realization of the Absolute Truth to be attained through the study of the Vedic literatures. As stated in the Brahma Brahma Samhita, Andantarastha Paramanu The Lord is situated within the universe, within the heart of every living entity, and also within the atom. We should understand that whenever the Supreme Personality of Godhead is present, he is present with all his paraphernalia, including his name, form, associates, and servants. The living entity is part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and thus one should understand that since the Supreme Lord has entered the atom, the living entities are also there. One must accept the inconceivable quality of the Supreme Personality of Godhead for no one can understand from material point of view how the Lord is all-pervasive and yet is situated in His own abode Goloka Vrindavan. This realization is possible if one strictly follows the regulative principles of ashrama, brahmachari, grahastha, vanaprastha and sanyas. Śrīla Madhvacharya says in this regard, Apravishtah sarvagatah anurupavān evam bhagavān harireko the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His original form has not entered everything, but in His impersonal form, He has entered, he has entered Thus, He has entered and not entered simultaneously. This is also explained in Bhagavad Gita 9.4, wherein the Lord says, By me in my unmanifested form, this entire universe is pervaded, all beings are in me, but I am not in them the lord can defy himself thus there is variety in unity ekatvam bahutvam all right we will stop here we will stop here and 7 12 16 onwards we will go through tomorrow and now we will take questions Alright, so let's take the questions now, oh we have quite many questions, wow, every question is by almost the same person, <laughs> okay, Gergeli Sabados, alright, gergili Sabados, Um, first question. But what qualifies as devotional service? Qua- devotional service means to follow the orders of the Guru. So what he has given us—that is devotional service. So hearing, chanting, and all those nine processes, and waking up from Mangal chanting of sixteen rounds, following the four principles, eating only Krishna Prasadam, associating with devotees, attending the classes, reading Prabhupada's books, preaching, book distribution, conduction of festival, i mean, conducting festivals—all these. All these are qualified as devotional service according to our time, place and circumstance given by Śrīla Prabhupāda. Next question. And what service is ideal? Any service. Service is service. So whether sweeping the floor of the temple or worshipping the deity or distributing books or cooking for Krishna or speaking about Krishna or raising funds for Krishna all these things are service. There is no distinction between what is ideal and what is not so one should be a Vaishnava means he should be prepared to execute any service that is proper next question by Premapakti Mataji nowadays there is no distribution of food to animals well uh, yeah if we where is the animals first of all in Singapore for example we can't actually sometimes when the prasadam is too much you know in the night when it is sometimes or you know a little bit spoiled, the animals can actually take it. They can even digest that, or even sometimes uh, leaf plates of banana leaf. The cows can eat it and goats can eat it. But here we can't throw. You know, in Singapore, we can't give to any animals. It's illegal and we will be. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's uh, against the law. We will do as much as is possible. Next question. Uh, does professional service further disqualify one from Brahminical occupation? Maybe getting to give charity purifies, so it can be a good way if one is sure of a pure person? Yes, very nice question. So, yes. Yeah, so, usually professional service, when you know, when we are serving so many people who are not, who are shudras or lesser than that, as it is said, is not good. But that's the way everybody is stuck at the moment. So, the best way is yes. So some of the earnings should always be given to promote the, propagate the Krishna Consciousness Movement. Should always give to those devotees who have dedicated their life for that. And that's why we have societies and we accept donations from everybody. Why? Because of this. So give them a chance to purify their wealth. Of course, the people who don't understand actually that giving charity to a temple for Krishna is actually purifying their wealth. Sometimes they think they're just helping the temple or they're helping some... Uh, prasadam distribution, or you know, food distribution, or what is that? Uh, book distribution, something like that. But actually, by contributing to Krishna, they themselves are being helped first. Yes, it will also help the others when the prasadam is, is distributed to others. But um, especially so, it helps the person who is donating to purify himself from the contamination of different kinds of you know occupation and the ways he gets the money from. That's a good question. So, next question by Sharanam Ramprasad. Is Kali, in Kali Yuga, should Brahmanas work? <sighs> so actually, no. Brahmanas actually should never work. Mm, but, sometimes we do have um, devotees, you know, who are still stuck in their jobs and they're trying their best to see how to uh, come out of the situation. Sometimes it's not possible. Like here, we have some devotees who have come from India or in other parts of the world and then they have um, work passes which um, very much necessitate them to be attached to the company that brought them here so they can't really give up their job but they are very serious about devotional service and the service in the temple and everything so they have all the qualities of a brahmana and sometimes many, um, many of them are initiated as well sometimes even as brahmanas but you know um, yes, eventually we should think of how slowly to, you know, uh, change to the actual um, what is that standard of a Brahmana. But of course, this can't be done overnight. So we have to wait for time. First, main thing is association of devotees. Even if one is stuck in a job, even if he's Brahman initiated, and then even if he's stuck in a job, at least he must come and associate with devotees. Make him himself stronger and more and more by associating and you know by reading scriptures more and more and waiting for krishna to open up opportunities to you know eventually um, live like actual brahmana one should think about those things in life so again uh, one more i just wanted to say that whatever is said here is the strictest rules and while some of the rules still apply like association with women and all these things but um, regarding the occupation of different classes, um, because we have not started, we have, we have, we were not born into a Vedic civilization, so everything is a little topsy-turvy. And yes, everybody is in, stuck with jobs and all that. Therefore, we should slowly revive the whole thing. It can't be, oh, I have to give up job. Okay, give up job, resign, resi- resignation letter, and I don't know what to do next. No, it has to be slowly taken up. You know, take guidance from devotees how to slowly you know advance ourselves in krishna consciousness next um, by gargali sabados how bad is chanting impure say the, saying the Gayatri, what effect is there um, it will not have any effect if we chant gayatri without brahminical initiation and um, following the rules and regulations of the Brahmana life, if we chant the Gayatri will have no effect. So what what is exactly the impure thing? I don't know, but the the rule is that one should not chant the Gayatri without being Brahmanically initiated. But the Harinam, Hare Krishna Mahamantra is so powerful that even if one is so fallen, Dina Hina Jata Chilo, Hariname Udharilo, Tarasakshi Jagai Madhai. So that is explained by the Vaishnava in the song. So Deena Jata Chilo Harinaame So the Harinaam, the holy name of the Krishna, Hare Krishna Mahamantra, even the worst sinner will be uplifted just by chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So that is very important. Um, so that's why Gayatri Mantra is not given to everybody. Even in the Hare Krishna movement, it is not given to everybody. It is only given to Brahmanas. Like for example, I'll, I'll give an example. In those days, Brahmanas were so powerful in their austerities and the way they chant the mantras, you have to, two things are required: proper pronunciation and proper, exact pronunciation and the power, the the um, Brahmatejas as they call it. Brahmateja means the Brahminical power by following the rules and regulations strictly. One becomes so powerful that when he used to do these Ashwamedha and Gomeda sacrifices in front of everybody, the cow or the horse when sacrificed in the fire, immediately rejuvenates with a new body, young body, even as a human being. So that is the way they, just by chanting mantras, they could even start a fire without even, I saw one video actually, even now, these days, I saw recently one video of some Sri Sampradaya Vaishnavas, they were igniting fire just with mantra. I don't know how they did that. So I hope it was not anything scam, but So that's how they used to do. They actually, with mantra, they used to light up the um, fire yajna. So, and then even the animals offered, they used to get new bodies. And because such power was there in the brahmanas, the chanting of the mantras becomes very um, potent. But if one chants the same mantras without the power of the brahmana, I mean, without all the tapas and all that, it will not have the same effect. So, Gayatri mantra is similarly something like that. But what is the effect and what is not, I don't really know. But that is the rule so we follow the rule okay next again by question by Garguli Sabados what will these people being representatives of the supreme personality of Godhead represent if we take them as so even though we may see them as one of one who cannot deliver no no being representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead means that they should train the dependents in the instructions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That means, for example, husband. A husband was, a husband is the representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, for the wife. So that means the husband should teach the wife about Krishna consciousness. And the guru, he should teach the disciple Krishna consciousness. The master should teach the servant about Krishna consciousness. So in that way, uh, one should accept such masters as the representatives of god and even a king for the subjects for the for the society the king is considered representative of a representative of krishna so that's why he is called naradeva or god in human form or in other words representative of god in human form that means he must uh, execute justice and he must guide everybody just as krishna would do if he was there so he should ramarajya as they say ramarajya means the kingdom of lord ram means it was like that so it should be like that so in the under the rajarshi the saintly kings society was like that nowadays of course we can't expect all that in kali yuga but so this is the this this is what it means to be representative of krishna next uh, question by garguli sabados does this statement of overindulgence mean that one problem with not even mleccha parting is that not objection enjoyable enough does that confirm That not the best way to look at it since we have the way of the maha mantra of course and this would just be good deed for society and goodness if i got it right Mm, okay i don't completely understand the um, question but so I, i i know what you what you're referring to that verse which was overindulgence by overindulgence the desire will be mitigated i think i explained already in the lecture i think that is quite enough <clears throat> the next question by Bhakti Najanya. Will the lust transform from interest in sex to acquiring power or fame and lost bodily thoughts? APJ Abdul Kalam was such a person. He never married but he acquired material knowledge from different fields. By reading Wings of Fire and Ignited Minds, I could understand that he was interested in reading scriptures also. And I heard that he was very much interested in hearing about Krishna and uh, Alai Payu, flute music but can we say he was Krishna conscious? There is no evidence in his life. He tried to satisfy his lust in the form of interest in sex. Was this his lust in the form of acquiring the material education? So, okay, APJ Abdul Kalam, he was the president of India and he was this, um, uh, what is that? Aeronautical engineer expert and defense of, he actually also did a lot of research for Indian defense. In fact, when I was a non-devotee, in my teenage years, I also read his biography, Wings of Fire. I read that book. So, um, he was not a rascal. He was a believer in God. Um, So, if he is an atheist, then he is a rascal. So, he was not. But I know that he was also following Sai Baba. So, that kind of disqualifies him. But he had good intentions, but he was not directed properly. Hmm? So, hopefully, you know, he will get a better life, you know, and then he will be, he will advance more. Okay, next, uh, question by Garguli Sabados. And, okay, I think maybe that part I haven't answered. Mm, I mean, anybody who is not a devotee of Krishna is always lusty, whether it's more or less, whether it's enjoying fame or whatever material education or whether it's sex or whatever. So, unless one is purely Krishna, even among devotees, I mean, unless one is a pure devotee like Prabhupada, it is impossible to get out of the uh, lusty desires absolutely. So we have to. That's why take care of all these rules and regulations that are given. Why? Because we are not on the stage where we can, like Ramanand Rai, for example. It is said in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Ramanand Rai used to um, train the dancers for Jagannath um, to dance for Jagannath, and the, those girls, they used to be trained by Ramanand Rai, and he used to direct them how to dance. And he even bathed them, bathed, bathed them with the, with his own hands, even touching their private parts, everything, naked, and he he actually um, did makeup for them, dressed them and everything. But still, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, even I cannot do like that. Only Ramanandra I can do. Nobody should imitate Ramanandra's activities. So that is his level. So why these things are all mentioned? These rules. Because people like us, we we are not in that level at all. So, we have to be careful in these things. So, until even one becomes a devotee, pure devotee, lust is not completely gone. So, therefore, there has to be all these rules. So, what to speak of somebody who is not really in the devotional service like Abdul Kalam? The desires will always be there. Alright, next question. By, oh, Sharanam Prabhu says, getting echo back. Probably because I am, in front of me is a wall, (laughs) so I need to get some kind of a audio blanket to probably you know, uh, muffle that noise, echo, probably that is a double voice, really, that bad? How is it for everybody else? Are you all also listening, I mean, hearing double voice? Is that so? Please let me know in the comments. How is the audio for you all? Okay, for some it's okay. It's clear audio. Alright. I think for everybody else is okay. I don't know what is exactly the problem. Crystal clear. Alright, for many people I think it's clear. Is just for you maybe. Maybe you switch off and switch on or something like that. Alright, next. Um, by question by Garguli Sabados. I am sorry if I am actually not pronouncing your name right. I'm not used to these spellings. Next, uh, carrying so much sin against spiritual master, should we be considered Vaishnava sometimes saying the holy name? Well, carrying so much sin against spiritual master. Should we be considered Vaishnava sometimes, saying the holy name? I don't know what you mean actually. If one is offensive to the spiritual master, then he is not. He has no shelter. He will. He will his whereabouts are unknown. So we should not offend the spiritual master. Then he, is, he becomes a fifth class person. But if one is sincerely trying to advance, even though we may commit offenses, but if you are sincerely trying to advance and trying to carefully avoid the offenses to the extent that is possible for us, that is good. That is not an offensive person. He is just trying to learn. But if he is uh, deliberately offending, yes, that is bad. Alright, so next question by Leela Singh. Um, Question, Is it wrong to be attached to the woman, a man married? Okay, so... um, is it wrong to be attached to the woman that a man married? So any attachment is actually, excessive attachment is bad. Even for the man who married the woman, so husband and wife, even then the attachment must wane, must, what is the use? I mean, the whole point is coming out of this attachment. <laughs> and so therefore, there is so much restriction even in between husband and wife, because one must eventually come out of that. What is Grihastha What is marriage? it is a license for sex life and that too responsible sex life but then eventually one must become detached from that first of all in, in theory in in our, in our head we should know that this is not the ultimate platform of happiness and we should understand that we should eventually become detached from that and that is only possible if we are intensely attached with Krishna so even husband and wife if one is too attached to the wife then you know I mean, let's see what happens you know Srimad Bhagavatam, canto 3, Chapter 31, Text 42. You see? Mano vijaniyat patya patya grihatmakam daivo pasaditam Riga mrigayorgayanam yatha A woman therefore... Okay, one second. The f- previous verse first. A living entity who, as a result of attachment to a woman in his previous life, that means he was a man who was attached to his wife in his previous life, now has been endowed with the form of a woman. Now he became a woman because his meditation was the woman all his life. And he became a woman now foolishly looks upon Maya in the form of a man, her husband as the bestower of wealth, progeny, house and other material assets and what happens? A woman therefore should consider her husband, her house and her children to be the arrangement of the external energy of the Lord for her death just as the sweet singing of the hunter is death for the deer so in other words um, family attachments these are something we have to come out of the best way to think of this the best way to understand this is all of the family it's not possible to run out of the family and it's not advisable also so the main thing is to understand that all the family members they are actually devotees of krishna they are supposed to they're eternal parts and parcels of krishna they are krishna's property not my property and therefore um, one should think always like that and not think that oh this is my son this is my husband this is my wife or this is my children this is my parents nothing is ours we have to understand that otherwise we are Running the risk. Alright, so next question by Bhakti Anachanya. Can you explain Mata Pitta Guru Daivam? So, Mata Pitta Guru Daivam is a often misquoted verse in, uh, among the Hindus. They say Mata Pitta Guru. So, Mata means mother, Pitta means father, Guru means uh, spiritual master, and Daivam means God. So, Mother, Father, Guru, and God. So, usually, uh, hindus quote it in a way that mata you see first most important is uh, mother in life next important is father third is guru and fa- fourth is uh, one is you know god god is last mother is the first god that's some people interpret it like this but actually no the real thing is hmm? one second there is a comment here I'm so seriously we will read that later so but the real thing is the real understanding of this is um, mata when one takes birth in this world the first shelter is mother mother feeds her uh, feeds the child and you know takes care of the child and then the father is the next shelter that means he will be disciplined by the father and learn some things and then he has to be handed over to the guru the next shelter Therefore, he is admitted into the Gurukul, and the Guru will teach him how to go to Daivam God. So that is the actual meaning of it. So Mata, Pita, Guru, Daivam the the progressive shelter of the person in this human life. His first shelter is mother, in the womb, and also after coming out of the womb for a couple of or three more four years, and after that the father, and after that the Guru, and then he is, you know, offered up to the shelter of and through Guru one can actually get shelter of Krishna Daivam. So that is the actual meaning. Next question by Krishna Smaranam Prabhu. What is the position of a disciple of Iskon Guru who claims that I don't care what is being said about my Guru. I will continue to worship him or her. And both, they, both of them go to hell. No? Ashmuklava. Let's see that. <coughs> both Guru and Sisha go to hell. 6-7-14 Kupatha Desha Trinam leaders who have fallen into ignorance and who mislead people by directing them to the path of destruction as described in the above in the previous verse are in effect boarding a stone boat and so too are those who blindly follow them a stone boat would be unable to sink uh, sorry un- unable to float and would sink in the water with its passengers similarly those who mislead people go to hell and their followers go with them so this is what happens to them Next question Srila Prabhupada introduced sannyas in his con but in 1977 he banned sannyas because there was a lot of falling down he said it was ludicrous so should we still presently take to the sannyas order first thing um, he stopped because uh, there were so many people falling down but also he still uh, not in 1977 but in 1976 itself he said no more sannyas because they were falling down so badly but then he also initiated some people into sannyas as well and even in 1977. So, but the main thing is one has to be serious when if one is going to get it. So, it is not that he absolutely you know threw it out of the system, no, but cheap sannyas is, is doing no good. So, he wanted more um, you know seriousness in the whole business because sannyas is not a joke, mm, it's not a joke. That's the whole point. We should understand the spirit of Prabhupada's. Uh, instructions and if he said banned that does not mean of course he because why as a reason because they were mis- misusing or not taking it seriously but if it is taken seriously yes why not he wanted actually to be them to be serious that's the whole point so that's what we should understand so sannyas is not banned but not so cheaply to be given it should be very 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 carefully given and also we must have a sannyas another sannyasi who can give the sannyas that is also there next question by Gargali Sabados um, so generally no but medically one may use these things oils, flowers as per well yeah, medically that's a different thing medically it's a different thing if there is a medical condition then one has to you know um, sometimes you know there is Those creams, you know, which uh, sometimes there is muscle ache or something like that, or sometimes a headache. Then we put an oil. Sometimes, you know, so those are different. We're talking about just for fun, you know, Uh, massaging and that. That's different. If there's a medical condition, that's a different thing. It's it's medication. Otherwise, you know, he can't even do any service. That's a different issue. Just with whole whole day headache, that is not good. No, then put some oil. So, that is different usage, usage of oil than just for, uh, you know, for sense gratification. Next, um, boys, prachari, ashram and girls, oh brahmachari, boys, brahmachari, ashram and girls, brahmachari have or no and where? So, girls, there is no brahmachari actually, by right. They are trained, as, we have already learned that yesterday, that women, uh, actually no today in the today's verse so that uh, women must be trained in how to become a chaste wife so they must be trained in that on all the household duties today we have left all the um, women's duties so women must be, must be trained at home by the mother how to follow all these rules and regulations and become an expert in all household affairs <clears throat> Next, um, by Sanjay Sukhdev. Uh, Haribo, Lord Krishna and his names are same. How then can anyone who calls or chants his name can be impure? Can you share some light on this? Yeah, you know, there is chanting in three stages. Namaparadh, Namabhas, Shuddhanam. So the holy name of Krishna is pure. But when one chants it, he must chant it purely. Then the full effect is there. But if one chants nam, in doing Nama Prad, there are 10 kinds of offences one should avoid and if one chants with offences, then um, he will not make progress. Uh, His progress will be checked by by those offences. So that's why we always every day chant the 10 offences every day in the morning, so to remind ourselves. And not just that, even while chanting, we must remind ourselves of all the offences and carefully try to avoid everything, even during our life, at the time, even when we are not chanting. So, Naam stage and then there is nama Abhas stage when the offences cease, offences stop. But then it's an intermediate stage between Naam stage and Shuddha stage. Shuddha or pure chanting. So that stage Naam Abhas is where one starts to uh, get the fruit of chanting to the fullest extent. And then progressively he goes to Shuddha Naam where he chants in pure love of Krishna. So then he is absolutely pure free from all contamination so next uh, question by Gargali Sabados how does it matter how we receive Krishna's blessing after serving him is there any so far vague way how can I see what I can do better in in what I am blessed with What is that? How does it matter? How we receive Krishna's blessing after serving Him? No, the the blessing is that we will become more and more, you know, uh, enthusiastic. We will become more and more determined in Krishna consciousness, and we will become bhakti parishana virakti. We will be, we will become more and more materially detached. These are the symptoms, and our our enthusiasm and our devotion increases for Krishna, and then we are more and more enthused, and we engage in more service, responsible service so these are the signs that we are receiving krishna's blessing then <clears throat> next question um Hare Krishna, between Bhakti Yoga and Karma Yoga with Krishna Consciousness, which is best and why? So, Karma Yoga means, is Karma Mishra Bhakti. Huh? Karma Mishra Bhakti means, um, Bhakti mixed with Karma. So, when one cannot do Bhakti full time, then he is stuck in Karma somehow. Then he can start to engage in Bhakti and that is Karma Yoga. So, offer his results or is you know part of his earnings and part of his talents in Krishna's service so that is karma yoga and bhakti yoga it is also bhakti yoga but it's karma mishra bhakti that is explained in chaitanya charitamrita mishra means mixed so real yoga means pure bhakti yoga and fully full dedication to krishna and that is bhakti yoga but when one is when one has to do other things than devotional service then he can offer those results to krishna and that is karma mishra bhakti so of course bhakti yoga in its pure form is most is better but karma mishra bhakti is a way to you know go to that stage okay we will just to make you understand this let's go through this few verses in um, bhagavad-gita chapter 12 texts 6 7 and all actually we will just go through the index You see here in the twelfth chapter, Bha- chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Here it is said, "Those who worship me, giving up all other all their activities unto me, and being devoted to me without deviation, engaged in devotional service, and always meditating upon me, having fixed their minds upon me, O son of Pritha, for them I am the swift deliverer from the ocean of birth and death." So, for this is like full time, like without deviation and complete devotion. Next. He says, just fix your mind upon me, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and engage in all your intelligence in me. Thus, you will live in me always without a doubt. Now, next, he says, my dear Arjuna, O winner of wealth, if you cannot fix your mind upon me without deviation, then follow the regulative principles of Bhakti Yoga. In this way, develop a desire to attain me. If you cannot practice the regulations of Bhakti Yoga, now progressively one step lower and lower and lower. If you cannot practice the regulations of Bhakti Yoga, then just try to work for me, because by working for me, you will come to the perfect stage. If, however, you are unable to work in this consciousness of me, then try to act, giving up all results of your work and try to be self-situated. If you cannot take to this practice, then engage yourself in cultivation of knowledge. Better than knowledge, however, is meditation, and better than meditation is renunciation of the fruits of action. For by such renunciation, one can attain peace of mind. And then he goes on to you know, describe the uh, devotional I mean, the symptoms of a pure devotee. So, you see, if we we cannot do the full thing, then you can do the next best thing, the next best thing. Do something, start somewhere, and then slowly climb higher and higher as we, as it is possible. Next uh, question by Vishnu Teja. Prabhu, can the temple not give out work permits? Well, it is uh, kind of restricted. Um... We can talk about this. You know, you can maybe drop me a private message. There are a lot of rules and procedures. We can talk about that on a private message, right? I think there are some quotes that are mentioned here: seven, fourteen, twelve. Actually, this verse we will see tomorrow. Seven, fourteen, twelve. You see, regarding that question, where a husband should he be attached to the wife, or is it wrong to be attached to the wife? You know one so seriously considers one's wife to be his own that he sometimes kills himself for her how many stories we have not seen or kills others they commit suicide because they cannot get the girl you know i think recently some Bollywood actors also committed suicide for that reason i think i don't know what exactly was the reason but so many people do this this is so much attachment for the woman that he is giving 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 up his own life for that. This is so much attachment. It's not good. Um, including even his parents, you know, sometimes kills himself for her or kills others, including even his parents or his spiritual master or teacher. Therefore, if one can give up his attachment to such a wife, he conquers the supreme personality of Godhead, who is never conquered by anyone. It's difficult, but you know, this is what is this the truth of the matter? Mm. Best is, if the husband and wife engage in Krishna Consciousness. That is the best situation. Alright, so, there's a 176 purport that is quoted. The, anyway, you can read that. Alright, we will stop here. Raj. no, this is Bhagavad Gita, no? Bhagavad Gita ki jai shula prabhupada ki jai anandatako divaishna varinda ki jai Nithai Gaur Primanandhi, Hari Hari bol, Hare Krishna. Thank you very much.